Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thanks to BetterHelp for supporting FilmSack. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash FilmSack and start living a better life today. Cranston. Lamont Cranston. You know my real name? Yes. I also know that for as long as you can remember, you struggled against your own black heart and always lost. You watched your spirit, your very face change as the beast claws its way out from within you. You are in great pain, aren't you? This is Filmsack. Oh, sure. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Filmsack. This is Filmsack, episode 507, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind since 2009. I'm Scott Johnson, joined today by Brian. Shoot through him, Dunaway. Oh, don't shoot through him. Shoot around him. Oh, <laughs> hi. Welcome to that most wretched layer of villainy. The Internet, a series of pneumatic tubes that lead into homes, apartments, businesses, apartments, businesses, and back alleys of our lives. Do I know what evil lurks in the hearts of men? Oh, yeah. You better believe I do. I'm the Tube Man. Hey, Billy, how are you enjoying yourself so far on Bring Your Kid to Work Day? I bet you didn't know your old man was so important, did you? Yep, operating the tubes is an important job, Billy. It's how this town keeps moving. It's not just the taxis up above. It's all the guys like your dad working down below, too. Watch your hands, Billy. You don't want to get sucked up into one of them tubes. Yep. Pretty important business down here, Billy. Oh, look, it's an incoming message. Careful. That one That one almost got you, Billy. Hmm. Looks like it's a message from the boss up top. Dear Tube Man. Hey, that's your old man, Billy. Due to recent technology advances, your position has been eliminated. Signed, The Shadow. Why, that son of a bitch, Billy. He's firing us. The nerve. He didn't even do us the courtesy of doing it in person. Which is fine, I suppose. It's kind of a freak anyways. Always hiding behind the furniture and laughing maniacally like a five-year-old who thinks you can't see him. I can see your shadow, dumbass. What's that? <laughs> what am I doing, Billy? Well, I'll tell you what I'm doing, Billy. I'm finishing off this Peking duck your mom sent us for lunch, and I'm mustering up a special delivery for the boss. The moon is shining, but the ass is drippy. Oh, yeah, we're about to drop a bomb on this town. Suck this, Baldwin! <laughs> what? You guys didn't say it for the post credit scene setting up the ongoing cinematic universe of second-rate comic characters? Spoilers. Randy? <laughs> Was there really a post credit scene? No. No, but I did okay. stay around. I kept going, 
Maybe now. I'm like, no, this is 90s, Brian. Surely there's no post post-credit scene. Let's, let's play a little longer. No, I got to go. No, I'm going to watch all of it. No. Is it still playing this stupid song? No. Can you guys think of a movie that wasn't MCU that had a post-credit scene? I, I'm having a hard I time thinking of one. Batman stuff uh, had some Ferris post- Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah. 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 And also, uh, we're about to find out that we don't show each other our greetings but when we're writing them. Mm. <laughs> Fantastic. Also with us, Give Randy, he sleeps in a sarcophagus of pure silver Jordan. Aloha, Scott, Brian, Brian. And thank you all for coming out to my talk and book signing. You're all getting a signed copy of How to Throw People Off Finding Out That You're Actually a Low-Rent Batman So You Can Live the Life of a Playboy in New York City. And inside, you're going to learn my three key rules to making it work without wearing hockey pads. Number one, you need to have a different face when you fight crime. Don't believe me? Just consider Humpty Hump. That guy drank up all the Hennessy you got on your shelf like 25 years ago, and they still haven't caught him. Number two, expand your operation by giving mood rings to more and more people every day. After a couple of years, you'll have given out thousands of rings to only people who are perfectly trustworthy. Number three, do most of your communicating with your whack pack via a massive series of pneumatic tubes. No one will ever notice the miles of tubing that you install all over the city. Nor will they ever hear the vacuum pumps. As anyone who ever worked in a bank with a drive through 50 years ago can tell you, they never break down. <laughs> <laughs> Spot oh my on. gosh, we got a pneumatic tube. I think they're now? magnets, Donnie. Yeah. I think they're magnets. Uh, that's awesome. I want those tubes. <laughs> uh, with us, finally. Brian, his knife is weird, Ibbet. Oh, it's all sexy, though. Wow, you brought me to a Chinese restaurant and you're even able to order for us in Chinese? You keep surprising me, Lamont. Hmm? Only Mandarin? <laughs> Douche. Uh, oh, you you like my dress? Thank you. Oh, you didn't say anything? Kind of hard to tell with the way you shoved those pot stickers in your mouth, but no, I guess you didn't. Well, this is something that hasn't happened to me in a really long time, but sometimes I get the ability to hear people's thoughts. Yeah, go ahead. Try me. Oh, yes. I noticed you looking at these. You like them? Thanks. I had some work done on them. I decided that after my boyfriend, Pee Wee Herman, left me to run off with with the circus, I'd get my teeth straightened. What else do you want to ask me? (laughs) Yes, I do think that mask makes your nose look big. Oh, yeah. I've already figured out that you're the shadow. There's only one person in this town that sounds like they're doing voiceover work for a Hyundai Elantra television commercial. (laughs) So it wasn't that hard to figure out. All right. I'll let you think up one last question for me. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, yes. Completely shaved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were wondering how I like my boyfriend's chest, which puts you out of the running, Chewbacca. Now, shadowize the waiter to bring us some more Mugu Guy Pan. I forgot she was Pee Wee Herman's uh, lady. Mm -hmm. I totally forgot. Yeah, to me, she's like the three or four uh, uh, balancing twins. I thought thought she's just the relic lady, which we've seen here on Film Sack. I thought Mm -hmm. she was that. And she is that. uh, And she was in Carlito's way. Oh, right. In no way. Yeah. Lots of ways. She's uh, in many ways. Many, many ways. She's Penelope Ann Miller. All right. Uh, The movie is The Shadow, although I wrote The Showdown, and that's dumb. Why did I do that? Um, it's the shadow and it's, uh, 90 from 1994. I saw it in theaters. I hated it when I first saw it. I thought it was terrible and bad and I was, and you know what? Yeah. It's still pretty bad. wrong, right? It's still pretty bad. Okay. Um, We're afraid you're going to say this time I actually really loved it. No, there, but there is some cheese to nibble off on the edges here, which I had some fun with. And 
things I forgot about. Forgot about the little sentient knife that was always pissed, baring its teeth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And this wasn't the only film of that time that had a sentient knife. Wasn't The Golden Child didn't have like a sentient Some other movie also had a sentient knife, and I was trying was to remember. It was just a special. It was just a special knife. It wasn't sentient. It was, uh, right. give me the knife. The, the, g- g- the knife. G- g- give me the knife. <laughs> Movies with living knives. Hold on. We're going to find just, some. Maybe it, was, maybe it was The Mummy or something. There was definitely more movies with this stupid. A knife stupid, could throw itself, basically. And, the, and like, they had like a, they had a face on it that was going, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, all the way to that yeah. point. Even yeah. Now. What is that? There is something, and and it bugged me the whole time because I know there's something else, and I couldn't there's think of it. There's another movie. Yeah, I can't remember. What can't it think is, what though. it is, but it's something. Right. There's something. I, I'm gonna think of it. But all right. Well, okay. I'm, just, I'm so glad to hear, Scott, that you. That I think you're saying that you liked it more this time. I think what I'm like saying the, is the, I enjoyed myself. Think I was. I went into this and I told it before during the day that I was kind of dreading it because I hated it so much in '94, and mm-hmm. I just thought, ugh, I have to really do this again. And then as I got into it, I realized there's a bunch of really stupid, funny moments that aren't intentionally funny. Like they're, you know, just kind of bad moments that would make perfect film sack banter. So, good, so good, I, good. I did I came, enjoy it more. I, I come in here uh, just absolutely ready to talk about the Suicide Squad for an hour and a half. <laughs> just in case. And, like, Damn it, I still forgot to watch that damn oh, trailer. Right. You oh, right. Watch it. Awesome. You gotta watch it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, actually, I actually thought I actually thought up a joke, which I didn't I couldn't figure out how to make it work. But uh, this this movie that we watched is called The Shadow, which it must be a sequel to Shadow because mm. The Suicide Squad is a, a sequel to Suicide mm. Squad. Can, can we can we get Makes some sense. people on naming films better? Yeah. I It really uh, has bugged me for a while that Dark Knight it has a sequel called The Dark Knight Rises. Like, yeah. no, no, well, no. That's better. That's better than uh, the, than Shadow and the Shadow. Well, I mean, that's not an example, but there. <laughs> but Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad, um, uh, Alien and Aliens. I mean, I guess that yeah, one's a I, little bit more appropriate because of the multiple aliens. Yeah, and also it was a long time ago. Like it, it. You know what I mean? Like it kind of set that. It it should get to claim that it that it did that first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This like we're just we gotta come up with better names for movies. If I'm telling you, if if the next Black Panther movie is called The Black Panther, I'm just gonna throw something. Uh, they gotta stop. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of um a lot of weird naming conventions in the in the business. I noticed yesterday I was trying to find a movie called The Hunt. Which uh, yeah. is a oh, Mads yeah. Mickelson thing. You definitely have to define that because there's so the, many. The newer oh. one, right? With uh, Betty Gilpin? No. See, the one I was looking for is this Mads oh. Mickelson thing from 2012. And, gotcha. and I ran into the one you're talking about, plus about yeah. 500 others. And I'm like, part of me yeah, is like, okay, retire, I get we it. We need to retire certain names. And well, get a little jersey. Here's, the, here's the thing, though. I, I understand that, you know, it's good that we can't copyright a name and then keep it forever because then only one person could use it. And that sucks. Uh, which is why this is the way it is, but it also can get really confusing. There is something nice Mm -hmm. about domain names. It's like, well, there'll never be another, you know, AOL.com is not going to be owned by anyone else. That's all it'll ever be. But movie titles, you can be whatever you want. I could come out with a movie tomorrow called star Wars. Well, maybe not. Maybe that one gets weird, but, uh, I could do one called but the you Devil's could do Advocate. The you Star could do Wars, the Shadow, the Shadow, the Star yeah, the Star Wars. Do it. Star Two Wars. Right. Go watch. Go watch a Star War. 
Right. Um, I, I just like the, the other thing. The other thing that really got to me about so, so this is the Suicide Squad trailer. Brian is fantastic. It's like okay, all right, me. I'm gonna watch it. It's really great. It's one of those things where the trailer is so good that you're like, oh no, please, please be accurate. Please be an accurate yes. representation of the film. Yeah, and well, it feels and like the, a, it feels like a James Gunn joint in a very Guardians of the Galaxy sort of way, uh, with yes. a nice rated R slapped on it and. It has even has him using old music. I was telling Brian how this, that Steely Dan songs in it uh, that do your dirty, dirty work, whatever the hell the name of the song is. Anyway, and you're actually raising a thing about the name. So I'm sorry I keep bringing this up, but like um, the the previous Suicide Squad movie, which was good, it's it's uh-huh. fine film, it's fine. It's very fine. very entertaining. It's fine. Was was written and directed by David Ayer, hmm. and he's not doing it he's not making this one no, right it's no. a, this is written and directed by james gunn so it just feels like he's like taking the name away from david ayer you know what i mean a little bit the name yeah, thing is but weird in this case it's it is a sequel but i know what you're saying like uh there have been haven't there been other movies remakes that are basically the same title but a but not a continuation of the story not a um a sequel or anything but a reboot of the film yeah, I mean, you can't right. really count the Amazing Spider-Man instead of Spider-Man, but could that's you, could you count like um, I mean those those Oceans movies? I mean, those are remakes, though. I guess, right? Does that count? <laughs> yeah, those are uh, the re- those are remakes. Yeah, so Oceans. But nothing gets in Scott's crawl more than those Oceans movies. <laughs> I do bring I them up it. a lot. Why is we that? bring them almost every week? I yeah, why does that come up a lot? I don't know. I actually, I don't, don't have a problem with them. <laughs> I don't like the second one, but you know, they're right. fine. They're but okay. I mean, yeah, these remakes like that where it's the same movie. I mean, I guess it actually, now that I think about it, it does happen a lot more than than uh, I thought about before I asked the question. But still, should you, if you're remaking a movie, should you get to use the same name? Should you have to change it? Should you have to add a colon something else? Or, mm. or well, right now the rules say you don't have to because you can do crash and you can do crash. You know what I mean? Right. You can yeah, have your yeah, movie yeah. about uh, right. sexy Crash car crashes, example. or you yeah. can be the drug cartel one, and it's this exact uh-huh. same name. And it is confusing, especially if they happen close to each other, like within the right. same year. And, but, by and the way, know, it's usually not a problem at the theater because, I mean, it, that's a pretty limited engagement. So it works out there. It's when you get into rentals and everything else that it becomes. And searching up names on the yeah. internet. Yeah. Man, it drives me crazy. Yeah. And that's, I, I, I seriously don't want to go any, any way more farther with this. But, Scott, did you know that David Ayer, the writer director of Suicide Squad, which is basically the Dirty Dozen with supervillains, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you know he's making a Dirty Dozen movie, a Western? No, but I'm in. Sign me yeah, up. me too. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I have zero problem with that. That be sounds great. Dirty dozen or the dirty dozen? It's, oh. the, it's a the dirty dozen. Okay, is what is what it's tentatively going. <laughs> well, to that be. was the original title was the dirty dozen, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm in. Yeah, I didn't know about that. I'm It'll be Westerns. called Ocean's Twelve. My <laughs> my my <laughs> chief complaint about Hollywood in the last ten years is not enough westerns. Like it's instead they bury it in other genres it's like well uh, fairy road's kind of a western and they're right it is but it's not really a true western like give me some damn cowboy hats and you know give me open range again give me some of that caliber that'd be great so kevin costner's been busy he just hasn't had time to make any i don't know he's been he's he he oh dude don't even get me started but some of his best work is him directing a movie a a western i'd be so into him doing a new one oh my gosh dude have you seen that uh tom hanks thing uh, not yet. News of the world not is yet. that yeah. is that Kevin Costner directed? No, 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 no way. No, it's some other. Dude. 
No way. <laughs> but no looks, way, man. That looks great. It's, I'm uh, into it. You know? Yeah, we were thinking about doing that this weekend since it's um, marked down to five ninety nine rental right now. So oh, that's not bad. No. It's not bad at all. It's I like not blockbuster to, prices. I, I like that you got to wait for it to be on special. To watch. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to pay. I paid. I paid twenty bucks to rent Minari, and it was worth it. But I don't. I'm not going to do that for every movie every week. Right. 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 Even you, did you guys watch the uh, the Raya film on the Disney Plus yet. thing? Yeah, I just can't. I can't bring myself to it. I'm like, mm. well, also, you I'm know, like, that'll be there in like six months. It'll just be there. Just right. Be, I'm like, uh, was it yeah. like 30 bucks or something on top of your yeah. subscription? I'm like, Ugh. yeah, but it's, the thing is, because it's going to just straight up be there in six months or however long it'll take. Right. It, I feel like I can wait. Unless, unless it content. is a UFC fight. I don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of that way with all of these premium deals, except for I'll make an exception for Black Widow and I'll make an exception. Oh, I would. For, I would probably toss down $30 for the Well, you will I, be. Only because July. I've been waiting since before mm-hmm. the pandemic because leading yeah. up to the pandemic when I put all my expectations on pause, that was like the thing that was in my mind. Yeah. So I was like, "Uh." Yeah. Yeah, we're now we're now almost a year since the Black Widow was originally supposed to come out. Right. That's and, so uh, weird. That's crazy to me. I, I said this elsewhere, but man, I am happy to spend $30 on a new Marvel movie watching it at home. I'm I'm happy to. That is not mm-hmm. a problem. And I, I understand like it's a lot of money for for a couple of hours. Most. I get that. Mm-hmm. But it just it shocks me when I go when I go out to the movies and then come come in the next day and like budget that out. Like what did I spend last night? Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. It's like a car payment by the time you're done. Especially if you Yeah, we're take- thinking about doing a theater rental out here for uh for Black Widow. That would be awesome. Doing like a Denver tadpole. People think that's un- people think that's like an impossibility. A lot of people think it's like, oh, that's way too expensive. But if you actually sit down with a group of, you know, maybe say you have five, six friends. Yeah, and you can you have up it. to twenty people and yeah. we'll easily be able to get that. And right. 150 bucks divided by twenty people, it's a no brainer. I mean, 150 right. bucks is seven. It's easy to spend hundred and fifty bucks and buy yourself and your family at the theater. Yeah, it is easy. Yeah, yeah. Boy, during the during the peak of renting out a whole theater, like it could cost a thousand dollars. Oh like, yeah. Right. yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Scott ever faced that in like. Oh no, 08, dude! 09. When we were doing just the movie theater version of Nerdtacular, I that thing cost me three thousand bucks for a five hundred seat theater or something. Yeah. Right. It was expensive. Right. They don't do that now because everyone's begging you to come back. So hundred yeah. bucks, please. Come, on, come, come see our boys. Come yeah. see our boys. We'll, we'll give you popcorn. Yeah. You know what I wouldn't have paid. <laughs> you know what I wouldn't have paid three thousand dollars for the shadow. Wouldn't oh yeah, the shadow. No sir. <laughs> was, well, and it's almost a game now. How long can we keep going before Brian tries to reel us back in? <laughs> it depends well, and, how interested and, he and is. The shadow. In we're the shadow came out in nineteen ninety four during a blockbuster summer. Yeah. And you would have been so disappointed. If you had picked that one instead of any other movie that was premiering that time. Yeah, it's too bad, though, because, you know, Alec Baldwin's sort of action star thing was kind of at whatever peak it was going to be. And and that uh, makes me so sad about every time I every time I think about Baldwin and how somewhat bitter he is about never having the success. Well, he's he he's had plenty of success. But he just never oh, got he, he never got that like Arnold level you know, uh, not Bruce the Willis thing that he wanted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He wanted mm-hmm. to be the leading man. And even in this, I look at him, I'm going, yeah, dude, I mean, you're an attractive guy, but there's just something about you that doesn't quite cross over to the superstardom, maybe not in an action love interest way, mm. but he's a really handsome guy. Sure. 
I guess. But uh, I don't know. There's I, something I, smart about him. He looks like somebody might be peeking through your window at the wrong moment or something. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it was the shadow. Good Lord, that was an ugly character. Oh, I, I really mean, other don't. Than, I hate that. Uh, with the the uh, Jack Ryan thing. Um, right. The getaway. I mean, is his is his repertoire way better suited for TV than as a film leading man? I think he's I better know, as a secondary. I, love, I think he's I a better secondary so character in movies. I think he was great in mm-hmm. uh, The Departed as the uh, oh, kind yeah. of angry, pissed off chief of stuff or whatever was happening there. Oh with the man, FBI. as the he as the great. boss in The Cooler, he's perfect. Yeah, yeah or these- uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. I was thinking about that when when they trotted out the uh, the chalkboard. I was thinking he's going to get over there and say, always be closing A, B, C. (laughs) There's something so, there's something, I think the problem is there's something so universally lovable about Alec Baldwin that kind of bumps him from the, you know, the, the mysterious, you know what I mean? Remember when we saw him in Pearl Harbor, the, the, you know, the big, huge action scene movie. And he's just like, he's a, 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 an officer. Right. Like right, he's, just, right. he's, he's a person and you like, oh, that's a complete character. He doesn't have to do a lot. Right. And right. and you're like, yeah, that's real good. He's real good as that. When he has to carry the whole film, though, it just mm, didn't work. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. what it is. Good in Beetlejuice. Sure. Yeah. I would like to have seen him as uh, the Highlander after seeing him with this long hair in this one. Oh, I yeah. thought he was, he was seriously <laughs> doing a Highlander vibe. Yeah, for that me. was cool. Um, he was I doing uh, for me. It was. Uh, it was uh, the room. Uh, oh, uh, hi, Mark. That's that's oh, what I was thinking. Mark. I saw that long hair. <laughs> funny. My my big takeaway from this is that uh, everybody was trying to do Tim Burton at this point, and uh, everybody yeah. wanted that kind of quirky but dark, but Batmany, but blah 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 kind of feel to their thing. And you know, here we're talking about the Shadow, the character that Bob King claims inspired Bat his his Batman. Right. Um, like there was no. Original, originally a radio serial drama. Right? Yeah, started on the radio. It was a, it was a yeah. comic first. Oh yeah, comic was, first. And right. then Orson Welles did this uh, okay. absolutely famous, like one of the most remembered radio series of all time. Yeah. And uh, and then of course we have decades of people trying to make a shadow movie that works. Yeah, and it in a way it does work. <laughs> it's just. It, it doesn't work. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. It Let me doesn't, tell you why the character doesn't work. Well, yeah, it's because please. his entire power that they focus on is the fact that he is able to turn himself invisible, but he's not impenetrable. I mean, you can still shoot him. So all you got to have is a flashlight and a gun, mm. and you can defeat him. I mean, uh, unless you're Tim Curry. Yeah. Unless you're Tim <laughs> then, Curry, who was fantastic. Yeah. He was yeah. so Tim Curry in this film, and I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. I like Tim Curry a lot. I feel bad. That dude's so stroked out now. He looks he looks like he's just so sad. Yeah. He can't do anything in Hollywood anymore. But I love that dude. Um yeah, but yeah, like it, it's just the power my problem with the power is it's I don't know what it is still. It's either is it the mind thing or is it the invisible thing? And why didn't you use one when you could have both. and the other one you should have and your power seemed I to mean, be kind of whatever mood you were in. That annoyed me. It is both. I mean, he can do the uh, he can do the mind thing and possess you and make you do what you want. But then he's also got the the invisibility thing. Okay, I think the invisibility thing is useless if you have the mind thing because basically there's a couple mm-hmm. of times that they hint at what would have made a fantastic part, which is that he can project himself as being larger. So mm-hmm. I mean. If you can deceive the eye about 
yeah. size, that seems a much greater power right. than but, shadow. Hmm. But then, but then he only really uses that power on his nose, and that's just sad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he did it against Tim Curry. At least they implied it, and also earlier against Duke, the the shooting man. Uh, so they they implied that he was able to suddenly become much larger, right? Uh, than life. So. I thought that was more interesting, in my opinion. This this movie, um, I discovered a doppelganger. I didn't expect to see um, the guy that played the sailor that ended up getting forced to oh, jump off yes. the building. He's in a million oh. things, Mad Men, and all sorts of stuff. Lost, yeah, yeah. But I have him so confused with the dude from Dark Knight, who's like a Joker follower and is dressed up like a security guard. Right. Yeah, um, or one of the that cops dude was just on the Flash, CW the Flash as uh, uh, Abracadabra. Well, he is yeah. Polka Dot Man or whatever his name is in the Suicide Squad trailer. So enjoy that. But that's oh, the, wow. that's well, he's all true. over. Every, yeah, he's all over. Every 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 actor in this film is that actor you've seen in something else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is, really is. Yeah. It's not an all star cast, yeah. but it is a recognizable. <laughs> Everybody, the guy in the the, the three of the people in the freaking um, museum when they get the sarcophagus, all three of those guys, you know them all from everything, like especially Neelix, but like the The other guys from ER. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right. We had all of our favorite Asian type actors. Oh, in one place. We had we had copyright right next to uh, Walrus Mustache Guy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. We've oh, that's right. Ken or not Ken Leung. What's his name? Um. Ken I wrote it Leon, here. Ken Al Leung. Al Leung. The, there it is. Al Leung. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. He was a taxi driver and uh, he's, we always look for that dude in anything we ever see. So he's great. Um, yeah. But like uh, half those people were all in MASH at one point, like talking about your <laughs> yeah. MASH connections. It's just great. Like I, I, maybe that's what I enjoyed. Maybe the most was just everybody. I knew everybody, but I didn't, yeah, you know, they're it not felt like, like mega stars. It felt they're like just, home. Yeah. It was just, yeah. It's like everything I've ever seen. You people are yeah, all in it. It did. It did. It felt like everything I'd seen. Even Frank Welker was there as for uh, Herba. Wait, Frank that Welker P was in here. Hold that, on. That, that P is silent, by the way. Herba. Yeah. Frank Welker was doing the, uh, the Herba knife. Oh, that was him? Of course it freaking was. All right, well, I have to play this. No more, Optimus Prime. Grant me mercy. I beg of you. I'm required by law to play that anytime Frank Welker is in one of our movies, so (laughs) thanks for pointing that out. I appreciate it. Um, I I, I like Dunaway's point that it was a very recognizable, but you can't call it all-star, especially especially in 1994. Like, in 1994, this is like Ian McKellen's first major film. As an right. actor, before before this mm. point, he's like a, he comes into this movie as a fifty four year old television actor, mm-hmm. and uh, he actually said at the time, "I think I'll try movies, but I don't think I like it." Mm. And like <laughs> it, it's like yeah. Ian McKellen said that yeah. like, he's so timid. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. like so timid in this. It I was, mean, he's in, he's in a bunch of a handful of movies. They're all British stuff you've never heard of, um, and then a lot of TV, like you said. And then toward the end of the '80s, starts to show up a little bit more. He's he plays Death in Last Action Hero. I forgot about that. Oh really? Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Um, that's so, that's why I kind of question one of the pieces of trivia on IMDb is mm-hmm. that Tim Curry took the role in this because he wanted to work with Ian McKellen when Ian McKellen was yeah, just right. hadn't been Ian McKellen yet. Right? I think like, I don't think it was because right. of movies. I think that Tim Curry was looking at his stage just, career and going just knew him oh, from the stage and TV stuff. Okay. Yeah, because he was. I want a webcam huge of Ibit. Just like anytime he's surfing the internet, because uh, I just want to see that look in his face, his <laughs> eyes eyes <laughs> oh, rolling and going, "Oh come BS. on, yeah, oh, come exactly. on, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. You know where, you, and that's where it comes comes from the most is uh, IMDb trivia because yeah, that is one of the yeah. first things I look at for any movie, even brand new stuff or stuff I happen to be watching not for film sack. Mm-hmm. I'll look at the right. trivia and be like. No, that's made right. up. Yeah. I wish I could pull out the cable on my router and look down at like a pneumatic tube and see your face just go up. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> that's exactly the sound I make. Too. You guys don't even know how excited I get about those pneumatic tubes. When I was a kid, I, oh, wanted, man, yeah. I wanted a house full of those. I wanted everything to be delivered by pneumatic tube. And <laughs> They're amazing oh, until, it, until something gets stuck and you realize yeah. how impossible – pneumatic tubes are you're like oh, oh my a, god what a great invention that only lets you move things at uh slight uh, degree right. increments from one place to another right <laughs> i also think there were only two kinds of children in like the 1970s those oh. who wanted to play with pneumatic tubes and those who were terrified of that. yes this is true no, that's this interesting. Dude, I had I had Micronauts rocket tubes. I didn't just want to play with tubes. Oh. I wanted to ride inside <laughs> them in the right. future. You wanted a Futurama. It. I wanted yeah. a Futurama. The Jetsons Futurama. We've we've been promised yeah. travel through pneumatic tubes. Yeah, forget about the flying cars. Where's my tube? Exactly. Yeah. I think we yeah. We, yeah we here we are cars. here we are in twenty twenty one and we got a big giant ship blocking all all international trade in the middle of the Suez Canal and, <laughs> and we can't I don't think we're ready for tubes. I don't think it's gonna happen. You're, you're, uh, you're probably right. But I did I I love the Scott posted the the gif of the one thing. If you had to look down my pneumatic tube and you would have seen me go, oh, come on. What? That's not how that's not how water works. You can't pl- puncture a hole in a in a in a, you know, something that is containing you know, however many thousands of gallons of, of water yeah. and not have the pressure. Because if you suck, if he, he's, yeah. he he got air from the bottom of that ball with the holes that were filled with water. Yeah. He was able to suck in air and then pull his face back. That's yeah. not, that's his third superpower. Right. Come on now. It's invisibility. Yeah, yeah, that's not it's, uh, his lips would go. He would have been out of the side of that ball. Exactly. His insides would have been on the outside. No, it would have been, yeah, it would have been like alien four when that alien got sucked up and went. And when his stupid finger sticks out of there, you know what yeah. that would have done? It'd have pulled his whole arm and ripped his freaking yeah, endocrine yeah. system out. Like, come on, guys, come on. Yeah, it's dumb. But I love the gift because it looked like he's making out with his hole on the side. He did like he was really thinking about. It. It's like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to play it? Okay, I know. Like I'm making out with yeah. it. Yeah, I think you do that. Of lost, I was at one point hoping that uh, when he was inside the ball talking to Penelope Ann Miller, he was going to stick his hand on the uh, the glass and say, "Not Penelope's boat." Oh man. <laughs> Too soon. I, I gotta soon. say, like the movie actually kind of entranced me. I've never seen it before. I want to say that. I want to make that clear. Never seen it before. It kind of entranced me with some of those concepts because, like the 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 silly stuff is equally silly when Michael Keaton does it. Right? Mm, like it's right. Like, let's be clear about that. But some of the really good concepts, like the ability to to use telepathy to communicate, like I'm I'm there. Like yeah, let's let's see where what you can do with that. Like let's let's right. see what you what, like what crazy schemes you can get into and then get out of using that power. You know, like that's what that's what you're supposed to do in in superhero movies. And, and I I love the flip of uh, the the damsel that wasn't the damsel. I mean because. She she really held more cards than he did. She had a power that was so great, she just didn't have the understanding of the power. And she was a real risk and danger to him. And I really dug how she had to come save him. 
yeah. And, you know, it wasn't that like was a fun little flip for sure. Um, yeah. didn't, ex- didn't see that coming. And to be honest, yeah. the way that the radio plays used to work, I used to listen to these a lot just cause I don't know. I like old radio crap. And, uh, the radio plays are very much the same story every time. It's basically somebody who's mm. up to no good, up to some crime, and then you'll hear in the background, and it'll go, "What's that?" <laughs> and then the, 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 the I'm the shadow, and I see the shit you're doing, and you better not do the shit you're doing. And right. then they stop doing. They either stop doing the shit they're doing, or they die, and it's over. Like that's right. the episode. I, this, this thing the, had the to maniacal. Do more. The my, maniacal laughter, though, is like, that makes absolutely zero sense. I mean, Batman kind of does that as well. He obviously, you know, he, he part of his power is uh, creating mystique that creates fear. And that's part of his power. Uh, but it just always felt so weird when Alec Baldwin would appear in a, a place. It would just be laughing it up. Yeah. Again, because this is a low rent Batman, you could not help but think of the Joker at that time. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 And it reminded me more of a, it reminded me more of a, like I said in my intro, a five-year-old, you know, hiding someplace and unable to control his laughter because he's, you know, nervous laughter (laughs) being found. (laughs) That's the the better comparison. He does seem, he does seem immature at times. It is right. From a comics perspective, I'd like the, I've always liked this idea that the, that the shadow inspired Batman, but Batman was the thing that became the mega, mega thing. And and the all time, everyone knows who Batman is and no one really knows who the shadow is. Like, yeah. And that, and that's pretty typical. Shadow knows. Right. (laughs) The shadow knows. He, he, boy has a lot of nose. Uh, that's pretty typical (laughs) of, of most things. It's better to be, uh, it's better to be someone who perfects something than the person who innovates it because the cost of, creating something from scratch is is really high but yeah. then the next person that comes along they can just pick up the baton and tweak what you've become too uh, myopic about and so that's what happens here i had a problem with uh something that i usually complain about i would have really have appreciated a little more explanation of why he'd be this really ugly character mm-hmm. when he wears mm-hmm. the mask i mean yeah why does he turn into david arquette when he puts yeah the mask? <laughs> i'm like why, why does it need to look like that is it a nod to the visual Lyle styling Lovett. of the comic i couldn't yes. i'm assuming that's what it was it yeah. is absolutely a recreation of what you previously saw the shadow look like in in other movies and right the tv show and so i would have much rather have seen uh, alec baldwin's fairly handsome face Mm-hmm. Kid with a mask over. What yeah, we got. I mean, if you you're you're learning this technique from a Chinese sorcerer, right? Um, but the fact that he looks he doesn't look like him, and he doesn't look Asian when he does the mask thing, because that's the technique he's learned. You'd think that right. all right, if he's learning this technique, maybe you know, maybe he'd he'd take on the look of his master, or something like that. But no, it's it's a complete. It's like a third person. That he's yeah. uh, looking like whenever he does the mask. Yeah, he's really going over. But is right, he? But is it? Much. Is it just Alec Baldwin with a mask on, and didn't, he didn't no. do anything, or do you think they did something? No, I think like, I think that they definitely did something. That was oh. not Alec Baldwin's eyes or nose. Yeah, th- those eyebrows. Well, that's why I was curious too. I'm like, well, maybe they're just you know they wanted to put a stunt double in there because let's face it, I got to look at Alec Baldwin and I'm like, I was trying to figure out how old he was here, and I'm like, man, his eyebrows are just in way too good of a shape to be too old because your eyebrows really take a hit. He's like 30s or something, right? Mid thirties. Right. Probably mid thirties. Yeah. That, that fine baby hair, uh, eyebrows were still there and whoever they had playing him was like, I don't know, a hundred, you know, he had like big wizard 
eyebrows. Younger, like the guy, the the shadow with the nose looks like Stephen Baldwin. Mm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually, yeah. here it looks like uh, Robert De Niro. I'm going to give you guys a, yeah. a <laughs> right there. It looks like uh, Robert I De Niro wearing a bandana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, oh, and the mask's weird. supposed to go over the nose. Shadow. I got it. I got I, it exactly I'm, what I was wanting to say. Yeah. I, mask I, wrong. <laughs> I named the, the the wrong younger Baldwin. It's William Baldwin. Oh, William Baldwin. Oh, <laughs> Billy. It. Billy Baldwin. Billy Baldwin. Billy Baldwin. Um, Billy, Billy. So he would have been, so he was born in 58. He would have been, what, 32, 33, right. 34, something like that. Uh, he was 35 making this movie. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. You know. I was surprised yeah, I was to find. Was, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I was surprised to find that Seven Years in Tibet with Brad Pitt came out after this film because I thought they were doing some kind of nod when they said, you know, his character had um, disappeared for seven years after the war in Tibet. And I was like, Oh, is that a thing? And I'm like, is that mm. some kind of, and I was like, Nope, just me trying to connect wires that aren't connected. Red wire. No green. <laughs> yeah. Another thing, another thing about is you're comparing Baldwin to other people in yeah. this movie. Like he was 35. Jonathan Winters was 135. <laughs> God, Jonathan Winters was in here. Oh, Jonathan Winters. Yeah. They give us a nightclub whose only sole purpose is to feed Jonathan Winters. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. Kidding. I loved him so much. I love Jonathan I Winters, too, but still it just so, uh, didn't unnecessary. give him, yeah. didn't give him any lines. I mean, he was just being himself, but they really didn't give him. I, I will material. say I'm amazed that they didn't just fall on the trope of the the shadows love interest being the woman who sings at the nightclub and that that's right. the yes. first time he sees her. Oh yeah, I was sure By that's where that, that was good. going. I couldn't remember, and so when that happened, I went, "Oh, it's one of these," and then it didn't. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah. I'm I breaking love, the rules here." Right, I love the music in this film, and you guys can sing. No, it. hold on, hold on, hold on. There's your your. It's some <laughs> no, of it's but, fine, a lot of it's fine, but there is a stretch of it that I captured that we'll talk about that sucked ass and we'll talk about it oh <laughs> well and this is john jellybean benitez who was uh a big time co-worker of madonna for those first few wow. albums oh really like a uh, producer music producer who um uh god i want to say like everything from holiday to get into the groove i think was Jellybean produced. Well, that explains a lot because that's just like the worst. That's like the worst part well, of then, the music. And then, of course, this movie. I mean, if we're going to talk about the music, that you have to talk about how this movie leaves you with the uh, the magic of Jim Steinman making any singer sound like Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're, <laughs> it's a fourth superpower. Make everyone right. sound like Meatloaf. <laughs> isn't that? But isn't it so strange? Like I just yeah. can't get over because I I don't know this song. I've never. I'm like, oh, I, as soon as it started, I'm like, that's a Jim Steinman song. You can tell right. by the by the way they record the piano, right. like it's everything about it. And then Taylor Dane starts singing, and I'm like, whoa, Taylor Dane is impersonating Meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> like she's going for it. By the way, Jonathan Winters would have been in his 60s, I guess. He died at 87 in 2013. So oh, yeah. he uh, that killed me. How yeah. could he be in his 60s? God, he looked 90. He looked was, pretty yeah. old. But yeah. I'll tell you what, if there was, a, I never laughed in this movie except for his scene where he was being dissuaded by following up on the shadow. Yes, that was Jedi. cracking me up. Yeah. 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 Right. That was yeah, very No, I'm not going to start a task force. That's a crazy idea. Eleanor <laughs> Roosevelt. And the way he would just sort of shake his some, head. And, I don't know. I love that. That was great. There were some funny it. moments in the movie, though. Like, the movie has a, a good sense of humor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Someone had backed yeah. me up on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sure. Yeah. Sure. 
But doesn't it kind of suck that he um, his last role was a uh, was Papa Smurf in the Smurfs two live action twenty thirteen? It's fine. No, it's not. That's you don't you don't get to pick your final role. At I know, but like Raul Julia uh, knows best. Like Street right, Fighter two right. is your last freaking movie. Oh my lord, John Candy. Yeah, at the least Peter. At least Peter Boyle was still like in the middle of his magic. I mean, he was still. Everyone loves Peter Boyle. He was Boyle. still well. Yeah, yeah Peter so Boyle. What, what, wait, 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 wait. You guys seem to be saying that actors who peak should then kill themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where they're, that's where they're, no, that's, no. hey, musicians no. do it. No, Why not? pick every, here's what we're saying pick every role like it's going to be your last one. There you go. That's not all a right. bad piece of advice, Brian. That's not a bad piece of advice. I, I think it's all of what you want. We talk about this all the time on film yeah. seconds. It's a great subject, but, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like some people Sometimes get flack. So some people just like to act. It's not about can I top my, you know, can I be highly respected by everybody? Let's take Nicolas Cage. He doesn't have to have he doesn't have to have the accolades, right? I mean, that's not no, a, that's really not a thing against him. He doesn't have to have the accolades. He's just like I like acting. Yeah. I'm gonna act. Well, and Jonathan Winters in his case, you know, he was the he was the scrappy do of Mork and Mindy. Like yes, he came in there. He was the, he was the he was the yeah. baby. Yeah, he ruined it. He was the reverse baby. Yeah, he I don't think it. he ruined it. No, he I ruined enjoyed it. Enjoyed that. It was, he was, no, he was I Fonzie, disagree. He was Fonzie on water skis. Yeah, well. it's no, not his fault. I'm not blaming him. I'm not blaming him. I'm saying that that show screwed up and no. brought in. They brought I, in Scrappy Doo. You never bring in Scrappy Doo. I don't. I don't disagree with the idea that that changed Mork and Mindy. However, I I have to say I love the fact that it happened because Robin Williams loved Jonathan Winters and they loved one another. Yes, and that was great. I love seeing all those performances. Unlock, unlike when Fonzie jumped the shark, there was nothing to love about that other than the well, catch okay. of it. Yeah, all but right. those guys loved each other, you know. Like, right. Uh, t- um, you like the, so you're saying the Fonz or Henry Winkler and the shark, you're saying. <laughs> no, Henry Winkler and, love. and uh, Ron Howard, big friends still, loved each other, loved right. working together, still hang out, still talk. Like, yes, you can still have that and still make a shitty decision on your production. <laughs> what was, uh, as the as the lawyer in Arrested Development, what was Henry Winkler's name? Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, oh Rob Lobla? No, no, that's Scott oh, Bale. No, that's Scott Bale, right. Yeah. Um, um, he's got a funny name, though. Hold on. Gosh uh, dang it. Now i got to find it. It's going to uh, bug me. I bet I'd be your question. While you're looking, I, I just want you to know, anybody listening, if you've never seen Mork and Mindy, you can just buy it for the whole series on DVD. <laughs> Barry Zuckerman. Barry Zuckerhorn. Corn. Barry Zuckerhorn. Great. Corn. But you can Barry buy Zuckerhorn. it on, on what for $5, you said? <laughs> it's, uh, no, you can buy the DVD for, for nothing. <laughs> right. I made the mistake of wanting to let Randy finish. I had it up. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then you had to get it in. That's all it was right. Like the challenge. You, I said Zuckerberg. You said Horn. It was Corn. Horn. Yeah. So nobody Horn, got it right. It was, but it was neither. Yeah. He was really funny in there. Oh, no, but, uh, okay. Yeah. So Randy, where do you get that DVD from? Are you are you diving into the bargain bin at the Walmart, yeah. or are you yeah, just like, going like, to like Cracker Barrel every day of the week? Resellers on eBay or whatever. There's people, <laughs> okay. there's people selling the DVD series from Mork and Mindy for a few bucks. I love by the way, it's not streaming. Is my point. Yeah, you have to. Not you know, even not really. I think God. I would think uh, this is perfect for Paramount Plus. Huh? Right? Do they own that? I, I don't if know you if they can, own it. if you can make yourself go into Cracker Barrel, <laughs> they've got all kinds of crap in there. When it comes to old crappy you only, TV. You only have to go into the first room. Mm. You don't right, have to right. go all the way into Cracker Barrel. 
Yeah, yeah you don't. right. <laughs> it's true. You don't. You don't have to even touch the grill. And it's fine if you like Cracker Barrel and the food. I get it. Just the tip. Yeah, just, just barely. I mean, their apple, <laughs> their apple the butter, <laughs> their apple butter is to die for. I get it. No, look, the Cracker Barrel has its place in. Yeah, you know, clearly it does. It still exists, it's stomach, it's, but it has its place. Right. It has its place. Oh, I didn't know this was filmed in Boulder. That's cool. Do you know like that, Brian? Mindy? Yeah. The yeah. whole thing was that's in Boulder. The whole, that's the whole. No, no, no. I know it? it was set in Boulder. I didn't know oh, they okay. actually filmed it there. They never filmed they anything filmed, in the place. They filmed exteriors in Boulder, like the the house that the uh, the two of them lived in is is a a law firm now, but it's also designated as a um, uh, a landmark, national state landmark. And the sign they drive by the Boulder Welcome to Boulder sign on the intro, and then the music shop is on the 16th Street Mall. The music shop, sadly, is no longer i think it's a bookstore now oh. but everything else was filmed on a sound studio in uh in burbank well, nanu probably. nanu the shadow was pretty okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah the shadow was Rufus fine back in. yeah the but max was ride was on this speaking of the uh the 80s alf's alf's family's dad yeah, max right. right oh that's who that, that was yeah. oh that drove yeah. me crazy i was like i know who that is but i didn't bother looking him up and i I just said, well, yeah. that's another character actor I'm certainly familiar with. But yeah, Alf's dad. Okay. So another, Neelix and Max Wright were together in the same room. That's, yep. that's <laughs> yeah. Another uh, name that really made me happy when I saw it come up in the credits is the director, Russell Mulcahy. Mm. Oh, yeah. Is um, in, in this house, at least by me, known best for all of the original Duran Duran videos. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hungry Like the Wolf, all the flipping a table slow motion women running in the forest with face paint and i thought you were going to say highlander but okay well he also did that but i mean this was still in the era where the stuff that he was doing still looked like a music video Mm -hmm. right you know this guy needs long hair our lead he needs long hair (laughs) and he can be the only one did he really do highlander one oh he did one and two okay yeah cool yeah, the discussions but, the last couple of weeks have really brought to mind for me that uh, early on, like the the protogenitor of uh, FilmSack is the movie's discussion on Extra Life Radio. Yeah. And going back to the beginning, like the first time, Scott, that you and uh, Obsidian and, and Brian here were talking about movies, yeah. your question, like the thing <laughs> that you asked about movies was – how were the graphics? How were the graphics? Were the graphics? Exactly. Yeah. And like that's just something that like people of our <laughs> ilk are are focused on, right? Right. right and right. this movie like has no business ha- having <laughs> any good graphics, but it, it sometimes does. Sometimes oh, does. the whole it's shadow okay. effect when he's punching people, yeah, and he kind of fades in. That's that's some like next level nightcrawler shit, right? That's yeah, like right. you could have put that in uh, the second X Men movie and totally. <laughs> Totally yeah. been fine with that. Your flying I'm knife seeing... looked fine. Your your flying uh, piece of shard of glass going into his head that looked pretty good. Like they kind of pulled yeah. off some stuff that in '94, you know, only a year out of uh, Jurassic Park JP. seems yeah. yeah JP, which is the big turning point. Seems like none of this stuff should have worked as well as it did. So I agree. It's it's funny. There there are parts that don't for sure, um, but there are more more shots that work. <laughs> surprisingly yeah, yeah, and i i don't yeah. i don't know why i was expecting otherwise i expected a lot of really bad effects and aside you know aside from the kind of garbage puppetry that was that knife um yeah it, I, when it was up i close, really wish they had, i really wish they had of 
uh, invested or abandoned the noir look. Like either either fall into it or back right. away. all the way. Just, right, go all in. the way in or pull all the way out. Kind you, of can't, thing. you can't abandon it. Like the shadow, uh, if yeah. the shadow looks like big fish, like you're like, no, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you couldn't, ha- I don't think they could help to at least be, I mean, I tend to, I, I agree with you that they didn't go far enough, but they they kind of have to because that whole thing is so set in there. It's yeah, like so, it's like having so Batman steep. not being Gotham or something. You kind of have to do right. it. So that didn't surprise like me. Like Batman not being goth. I mean, come on. Yeah. He's of course he's goth. He's goth as hell, that guy. But but yeah, like they they had an opportunity to maybe go further in that and decided not to. And yeah. I don't know why, but and I'll explain later when I play some music why that really pulled me out of it because oh what a shit mistake that was. What a garbage choice. <laughs> it did. Really? I can't oh, believe oh, this jelly was, bean. Yeah. I can't believe this happened. So I, I'm assuming that the the results or uh, whatever they saw about the shadow when it was released, the studio said, you know what would be a good idea? We should also bring back the Phantom. So for some reason in ninety four when this aired and went out and everybody said, okay, good enough success. We're green light the phantom. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, was there that my success for this film? I don't so remember this, this it being, was, this was the film that was responsible enough. for Billy Zane. Basically. I mean, I'm just saying it, it's, it gave somebody the excuse that, well, they had the shadow and they said, and it did this. And then they went for it. So, yeah, uh, I mean, they really had high hopes that this was going to be the start of a, of a whole, right universe right i mean dick series. tracy and dark man had, had come like just you know a few years before that that probably opened up the doors for the shadow uh you know dick tracy was actually a pr- pretty big deal at the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. madonna and mm-hmm. uh, everything else was going on but I, I i still don't understand usually that you only continue a trend in filmmaking if there is a successful uh intro and i'm like what where is the success at I'm it just, didn't happen. This movie did not right. rake in the cash the way they needed it to. to, to None of those did for my. Which is, that's usually hung around. That's usually hung around the neck of David Kep, the writer mm-hmm. of the movie. Right. And I mean, that's fair, I think, because like if there if this movie has a da- downside, it's that the story doesn't like go A to B to C and just like make perfect sense to all audiences, you know. Like right. that's that's the beauty of these Batman movies, right? You you introduce Batman, you introduce the villains, they fight. Uh, they Batman lo- c- appears to lose, but then he comes back. You know what I mean? Like it's just mm-hmm. real, right? And and if they had just done that with the shadow, you know, mm-hmm. right? I, I think this would have been fine. We mm-hmm. we reimagined, and maybe that was the confusion because Batman was completely reimagined. I mean, and they just they played Dick Tracy and you know and the Phantom and the Shadow. Like it was a you know a direct descendant you know so I I don't I don't know what they were thinking or do you remember when we when we all kind of found out and in, in the early two thousands that uh, uh, Christopher Nolan had been given the Batman franchise to make him yeah make I remember hearing movie. about it and I was like well, really right. whoa okay and like that like that guy what's that what's that mean like we were all just like hmm. everybody was just like I don't I don't understand this guy makes these really intense you know, particular films. And at the time, no one thought of Batman as a, you know, as the right place to go for a hundred percent intensity. And you also, you were also (laughs) thinking that he was going to make a Batman movie. No one, no one was talking about, you know, 
this guy right. he's gonna come make right. a series <laughs> you know yeah and like this is the this the shadow is like the opposite of all that like all mm. of these people making it were tasked with starting a series yeah you know i'm i'm gonna back up and take back some of the things i said because it's like dick tracy uh, was 46 million for production, but then the box office was 162 million. So I guess that was, I mean, that's, that's making your money back, success. but that's not a runaway success. Like, right. Um, and yeah. the dark man, which is not, you know, I totally tied dark into this man. because it's kind of a little bit off the side, but you know, it, yeah. it, it cost 14 and made 48. So, Dude, I mean, I, I guess dark man's so good. It is. Yeah. It's my, maybe my favorite Sam Raimi movie. If I'm right. honest. Yeah. I like I like a lot wow. of Sam Raimi movies, but I think that one might be it because I just love it. Oh my mm. gosh, so good! Oh, Dark Man, really? Okay, anybody else have a favorite Sam Raimi? <sighs> Evil Dead, probably. Yeah, Evil Dead. I I say yeah. that all of my Sam Raimi movies I like, but the the yeah, but you got to have a favorite. Pick a favorite. What do you like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go. You know, it's okay to say Army first, of Darkness. The first That's Spider-Man, probably, maybe? It, no, it's okay to say Spider-Man It's two, okay. Can you can say whatever you want. Yeah, oh, yeah. Actually, Spider-Man 2 is a very good two. choice. You could, yeah. you could say Spider-Man 3 if you Spider-Man want, two. and I'd, I'd respect yeah, don't it. Say because that. he kind of he kind of didn't, when he did Spider-Man 1, he was doing the job, but he wasn't allowed to be Sam Raimi, whereas the second one, he was allowed to be. They said, okay, we trust you now. Just mm-hmm. you know, do the thing. Yeah. Sam Raimi it up. Yeah. yeah. Come, go do your Raiminess. And then by the third one, he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, Doc Ock could have been totally a, a crap show, but that ended up being pretty good. Yeah. Pretty yeah. If anything, I, I, that may have I been think like the villain from the, from the original trilogy. Oh, by far, right. by far. Yeah. But I think it was also uh, them laying a little bit of groundwork to say, well, it's possible to take a weird ass character and make it right. work. And DC or MCU does that all the time now. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna name a Sam Raimi movie that you might not think of because he he only wrote it, he did not direct it, but it came out three months before The Shadow, and that's the Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, I love, love that movie. See, I think of that as just a solely Coen Brothers movie, but yeah, I guess yeah. yeah. I actually feel like Sam Raimi kind of contributed to their their entire progress. Like he he get, he made them into better writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see that. Totally. that movie. What was that? He did, he made a kind of semi serious movie with. Billy Bob Thornton and um, oh, what was that called? It was very good. Hold on, I'm gonna find it. Uh, <laughs> oh, a simple plan. A simple plan. Oh, that's a great. Yeah. That's film. a f- great yeah. freaking movie. Yeah. Drag yeah. me to hell is also very good. By the way, I still yet to see that, which is so weird. Oh, is let's this do like it here. one of those films that got away from me? Let's do it here. We're gonna sack it. Yeah, let's sack Drag Me to Hell because it's Ooh. that was him. Yeah, we, but first, we got to watch Dark Man Two: The The Return of Durant. Well, we can do all that too. Totally, we can do all that totally too. Totally, just black that out. Here's why. Here's why Drag Me to Hell would be good for the show. It's a fun discussion point because this is his first movie after Spider Man Three, and it was a bounce back. It was like him saying, "All right, I'm getting back to the shit I know." And right. I'm never touching Spider-Man again because that last movie sucked. So now let's do a thing that you're all used to for me. And that movie was rad. I also, uh, Drag Me to Hell has one of our, we'll always sack it if it's got this person in it movies. And that's uh, David Pamer. David mm, Pamer. Right? <laughs> but David Pamer, by the way, was the face of the shadow when he's in his mask. <laughs> oh, really? Like, it's not. No. no. Like, 
It looks just like him. You know, that is that is an interesting question. If you're not, if you're when you you turn into the shadow, if you're gonna look like somebody else, why do you need the the bandana? Why do you need the, the half thing covering right. covering up half of your face? Yeah. Right. I agree. I don't know. Also, K oh. Karen, you gotta put it up above your nose, not down on your chin strap, you dumbass. Maybe maybe yeah. in crime red, fighter. Red form. on air light from about twenty minutes no, ago. No, I know you brought it up, but it's a it's a point <laughs> it's a point worth reinforcing. I was going to mention in my intro, but I didn't want to date the podcast because in five years from now, this may not be a big issue or it may be a huge issue. I don't know. This is a, this is a, we can't help ourselves, but talk about the ever given ship in the Suez Canal. We date ourselves every week. (laughs) It's just true. That's true. You know what's dated? Dark Man 3 that I didn't know existed with Jeff Fahey. What, What is... Yeah, what is happening Liam, to my world right now? Was Liam Neeson's uh, involved with any uh, of the other Darkman movies Dark after Man, the first one? Darkman Two, I think he wasn't. He was in Darkman. I think 2? so. The Durant thing. Um, it's been a while, so I can't remember 100. percent But I'm yeah. pretty sure he was in that. Um, All right, Darkman. There's Darkman, not Darkman Four. I didn't mean to look this Dark far. Darkman's villain. Line. So okay, remember L.A. Law and the character Benny. And he was, <laughs> yes. he's the bad guy in yeah. that what? and it blew my mind one. at the time i was just like what there was a a dark man reboot shut this up actually happened shut up in 2014 no what are you making this okay, up? okay so it, it went into development but liar it, oh, it was a tv anywhere. it was a tv show must have been yeah it was a tv show that didn't oh no there's a whole season of this oh no, this is this is another case of use your name for whatever you want. Uh, Dark Man is a grieving mother suspects her deceased son may have fallen victim to a mysterious entity right. called the Dark Man. Nothing to do. Okay, this is but this no, is no, no, there was, 2014. Yeah, there oh, right. was a well. There Short also action. is a 1992 pilot, a 30 minute pilot that was made by Universal Television <laughs> to be shown on Fox. That is. Uh, Stop Larry, trying to make Dark Man a thing. Right? Larry Drake reprising his role of Durant. So we did get Benny back, but uh, uh, there's a whole new character. There's a seven minute short thriller, like from 2012, director Chris R. Notarol or whatever. I don't know. Is this like some kind of YouTube thing or something? This is weird. There's a Dark Man serial podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I just no, wanted to move us off of this subject. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Serial season four, Dark Man. <laughs> um. Anyway, it's a it's a, it's just an interesting. I feel like this movie's like at the at the crux of everybody trying to do that thing, do the Sam right, yeah, do right. the Tim Burton, yeah. do the whatever, and um, I don't know, it just doesn't work as well. Do the Burton. Do, 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 um, man, this guy. You're talking about the. Uh, I was just looking at the director, the Mulcahy's yeah, director. Yeah, you scroll down, like Holy you look at his crap. credits, and yeah. it's all music videos. Everything prior mm. to 1993 is all. You know, Duran Brian Duran. likes him. Directors yeah. who go from music videos to theater. I, I mean, they're always is he Billy Joel's personal artist. video director? Like every Billy Joel yeah. thing, he's in there. He, uh, listen, uh, Russ Mulcahy is responsible for the first video ever shown on MTV. Video killed the radio really? star by the Buckles. No way. Was directed by him. That. That's great. Yeah. That's great. He deserves some credit for that. That's he cool. can do whatever he wants. He can make stuff like this yep. uh, all day long as long mm-hmm. as he. Yeah. All right. Now, did anyone guess this? Oh, I have a guess. Gross. All right, what was it? Is it Tim Curry slobbering all over himself uh, <laughs> after shadows? <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, so I, I will admit that it took the it took the prize. So you're right, it took the prize. Mm-hmm. But there was something I'd written down before that that ended up just slightly superseding, and it was when he was at dinner 
with Jonathan Winters, and for some reason, at some point, oh. they're filming Winters, and his nostrils all sweaty and his like nose. <laughs> yeah, there's like sweat to the right of his nose, yeah, like yeah. in the little crack between his nose yeah, and his cheek. That grossed me out, and I thought, well, that'll yeah. be as gross as this movie gets. But no, Tim Curry, like full on frothing, dude. Uh, that was interesting. <laughs> I mean, a lot of actors can cry on command, but he can apparently froth on command. That's pretty. Froth on I command. guess so. Yeah, I don't think that was. I don't think that was glycerin. I think that my, was all Curry. Hmm. My guess was going to be Shu Wan eating in a Chinese restaurant because <laughs> my God, if you were if you had these table manners in front of Scott Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, he's great. He, I, we we didn't give we haven't said much about him. I think he was a really great yeah, villain. John Lone, yeah. the actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was awesome. He didn't he didn't come off as too like he was the right amount of grandstandy. Uh, right. monologuing bad guy and actually kind of menacing like he was, he was but, cool but was did was that beard real because that just <laughs> bothered like pasted me on. Yeah. it really that, did it that was like bothering a, me yeah. yeah he hasn't done there's no way that was real yeah he hasn't done a lot since then um i was just looking at this hold on the shadow i lost my place <laughs> but he was very effective and also this movie took a big risk it uh, that's not all uh not all superhero movies do and they took on a world conquering bad guy mm-hmm. straight from the top. I mean, they didn't do city level uh, hero stuff. They went for world domination. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Villain. Yeah. He, ba- by the way, take. bailed on acting um, about 10 years I- later, 2007. He hasn't done anything since then, um, which is too bad. Cause I like that guy. He was in everything. He was in like yeah. all the rush hour stuff. The last emperor movie. Wow. He was in war. Uh, that uh, Jet Li thing. Yeah, War, War was his last movie. Jet, yeah. Jet Li, Jason Statham. Yeah. Have we sacked it? It's again. We're talking about the names of movies because of its name. It it pulls up a, a hundred episodes of Film Sack. Um, <laughs> War was it just War, War? Right. Um, no, no we talked we, about sacking War, but yeah. I don't think we actually went through with it. But we have sacked King Kong from the seventies, and he was a Chinese cook in that. <laughs> well, then perfect. We did it, everyone. Uh, yeah, you search for war and you get. Is it because war is used in every description? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, even name well, your movies better, good, people. Yeah. What is it? What is it good for? War is good for messing up my database. There you go. <laughs> anyway, John Lone. John Lone retired right after making the movie War. He was uh, fifty-six when he retired, so that's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. If you're look, if you if you can do, go for it. I I, that's that's, that's what I. That's one of the things I'm always like. People give actors a hard time. They people we we as audiences expect actors to constantly top the last thing they did and to work forever. I don't know where mm. that expectation came from. I know where it comes it's from. Like, it's the whole it's reason fine. it's popular in the first place. There's a reason that we we uh, put them up on a pedestal and almost worship them. They're they're modern right. day royalty. Why do we do that? Well, because we love what they do so much. We don't want them to stop doing it. I think that's just Ever. a natural weird thing people do. I don't right. Know. What a weird pressure to put on yeah. an individual. Humans are weird, man. Humans are weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, check this out. I was going to say this. What was that? Oh, I know. Um, on the IMDb page, all the photos for this movie are shown in very classical 1940s black and white. And yes. I don't know why that is and why they're all posted that way. But look at what that movie might look like. Right. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, this was pretty common at, at- Back in one point where you would get these, uh, you know, all the all the all the production stuff would go out like this and these black and white photos. They're probably for, you know, magazines and different things for republishing. It's basically like a press kit. But mm-hmm. I, I, I remember this being a big thing. 
Yeah, but like, but like, I, I, what it's telling me is that this might have been a very cool, like, really lean into the yes. era kind of look. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, I kind of wish they would have done it now. Like, if you guys look at, well, it's easy enough. Just uh, turn the color off on your TV. Turn yeah, I suppose you could. <laughs> I suppose you could do that. I'm putting a couple of them in the in our in our discussion thing here because it just. I mean, look at those. Those look right. like classic well, 40s. Good, good, uh, good cinematographers are are well, you know they they think in black and white. Uh, at one level and that's what you're looking at that's like one whole level of of filmmaking mm-hmm. and uh you know if, if it works at that level then hopefully it'll work at the color level Here's- there's also the thing we've talked about so many times which is you have to have a director and a cinematographer who work well together yeah right like you can you can hire the best cinematographer and if the director just chops up what they're doing then you know right oh well then what's the point yeah I, I agree with that, and then and, and that's why you always hear about these partnerships, right? Like these amazing lifelong career yeah. partnerships between Spielberg and his cinematographer or whoever. Right. And and then you throw a, you know you throw somebody who does their music for them, and you get that that trifecta, mm-hmm. and you just they yeah. just make good film after yeah, good film. Just work with those people forever. Why not? Mm-hmm. Speaking of Spielberg, man, I just thought of Indiana Jones so many times watching this movie. Oh, Did anybody else? Absolutely. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, pacing the tempo it all seemed very the, you know, the, the setup at the beginning the you know the um beautiful landscape shots that you always got at the beginning of every every mm-hmm. indiana jones movie yeah yeah it was really cool okay now we have to grab a bucket grab a bucket here's my chick in the bucket <laughs> chinese professor uh helps him figure out what what was the brand of um uh, the, the metal it was um sorry bronzium bronzium that's what it was uh he helps him figure out what that is and then poof we're done with that guy never gonna see him again. that was sob shimono was the actor yeah he's right. great he's on mash and a bunch of other stuff uh i but- i wanted to go with the uh with the uh story chick in the bucket which is they never really even explored this mysterious embodiment of what was supposed to be in Alec Baldwin that was supposed to be ancient. They never even, you know, they, they mentioned it a couple of times, but he kind of just, you know, just the shadow kind of just tossed it off. Well, but apparently he's supposed to be an ancient soul. Of some yeah. Sort of like I, the origin story stuff's a little nebulous for me. I don't even know what it is in the old radio serials. We could probably find out, but right. Um, yeah, you're right. They didn't really get into it. They just uh, make us assume that, Oh, it's some ancient, Asian Himalayan business happening. Ancient Asian secret. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, did someone say that in this movie? Oh, yeah. No, it was um, the guy I was just talking about. He was looking at the metal and he said, this is ancient Chinese metal. And I went, what? Right, right. Yeah. It's pretty sneaky, sis. I almost said, but that's the pretty wrong commercial. Pretty sneaky, yeah. <laughs> Different, we're, different, uh, different uh, commercials. Yeah, different product. Same time period. Different product. While we're, while we're on tropes, uh, I just love the, the trope of... <laughs> Of Shiwan is the last descendant of Genghis Khan because right, like they picked the one person that you can't make that statement about. Yeah. Like this, like you could have just could you, couldn't you have come up with anything? Like come up with someone who didn't have descendants and claim they actually did have one, and and there's been a long line of of them. But Genghis Khan, he's like the most prolific. A uh, creator of babies in the right. history of the world. <laughs> like, yeah. This is crazy. Like I, I, I love these articles that you can go find. You can go read. They're like one out of every two hundred people on Earth 
are right. descended from Genghis Khan. Is that true? That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's nuts. So do we yeah. all have a little bit of Genghis Khan? In we us? all have a little bit everybody, of Genghis Khan. In everybody us. got a little Khan in them. Yeah, just a wee, <laughs> just a wee bit in all of us. Oh, all right, bit. I'm down with it. I'm down with my uncle Khan or whatever. I'm I'm surprised. I I forgot. I was I was trying to find my notes earlier when you asked what was the grossest thing that the thing that grossed you out. I'll tell you the thing that grossed me out, mm. and that was those Alec Baldwin nails when he mm, was yeah, in the big old lung. Yeah, those oh, grossed yeah. me. Yeah, oh, what was I just that pulled about? back eating that meat. Well, and that's the thing they never this show or this show, this movie never did did proper explanation of why is he over there? Like why why is white guy right. from this, the big city over there running a whole a huge clan tribe thing in the 20s? Right. Jo- Jonathan Winters uh, kind of his his I guess his uncle as the commissioner back in New York implies that after the war from this time period, I'm assuming World War One, that he is uh, that he disappeared for seven years in Tibet to explore and find himself, and he ended up as a some kind of weird ruler. I was like, I'm gonna need a little more. This is mm-hmm. weird. Also, very Batman origin. There, yeah, yeah. Stuff. Uh, there, there definitely was an Asian theater in World War One, and like they they mentioned Lhasa specifically. Like he he ends up in Lhasa, mm. but there's a lot of hand waving about yeah about a a fighter from a world war who's clearly American, mm-hmm. uh, right? Transforming into someone who has control over a bunch of people, you know, like later he's, he's, he's like, uh, you know, I speak Chinese, but only Mandarin. Like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> like then, then you, I don't, I don't believe you. Yeah. I don't believe you. Also, him why talk- am I talking to the back of your neck? Him, him talking to Chinese. Him-, <laughs> him speaking yeah. Chinese and doing it with all like the, the expression that you do with Mandarin. It felt felt offensive to me. I couldn't. It kind of yeah. for for a movie that seemed to like do really well with casting Asian actors in all the Asian roles. That right. that bit for whatever reason felt a little bit hinky. Yeah. The first thing I thought was I was like, oh god, I'm so primed to be to be outraged mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin is cultural appropriation of this Tibetan character and i'm like that's not true because the shadow is based in uh you know it's supposed to be an american hero so i'm like oh well and and i insist that 15 years ago this part would have been played by daniel day kim right. uh, today randall park is ready man <laughs> make this movie starring randall park right now that's not a bad idea that's a good call i could do yeah i could totally see randall park do it yeah i mean it w- could they do a? is there a shadow today like could you do it today and and yeah, or would they already sure. have? Would we already yeah, be doing it though? Would, if we would, thought, would, like, would, would we go see it? Batman yeah. again? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. See, it can I make it. I don't know if the Five is a big studio that owned whatever rights I had to the Shadow, but I also own the rights to obscure comic book characters in the Marvel or DC universe. I'd probably focus right. on those because we're still we're still kind of in a place where we would go maybe like more like the Green Hornet if we were to do the Shadow. I mean, we'd oh, make it kind what of this a reminded me of comedy. Yeah. Yeah, okay, let me throw another one at you. I don't know why they're all Korean, but for some reason, I just can't, uh, I can't help myself. Imagine John Harold Cho as the shadow. <laughs> John Cho, dude. Just uh, imagine that. Okay. Imagine. <laughs> I'd watch that. He yeah. would be so but, fun. Is that Harold? So, it's Harold and Kumar, want, right? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Harold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think right now we're just looking for any vehicle we can put him in. <laughs> and I mean, right. which is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, look, I like John Cho in, like, in general. He was great as Sulu. He yeah. was great uh, in everything. So John Cho is a good answer. 
I, I sign off on your weird paperwork that you just wrote up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I, then I roll it up and put a pneumatic tube. Hey, you guys, when's the last time you got some good help? And might I say some better help? <laughs> well, <clears throat> you have to ask yourself what interferes with your happiness or prevents you from achieving your goals. What do you need actual help for? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe, private online environment, so it's convenient. You can also start communicating in less than 48 hours. All without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable chair in some waiting room somewhere. Oh, man. BetterHelp is available for clients worldwide and offers a broad range of expertise, which may not be locally available in lots of areas. You may live in a place where you just straight up can't you know, get it normally. But now you can with BetterHelp. BetterHelp is not a crisis self-help line. It's professional counseling. And anything you share there will be confidential. Check out testimonials I have on their site. They're fantastic. They put new ones up every day. You'll find out how people feel about BetterHelp. So if you got depression, stress, anxiety, sleeping issues, trauma, anger, grief, those sorts of things, eh, maybe you can get some better help. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So... Start living a happier life today. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash FilmSack. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. That's BetterHelp.com slash FilmSack for 10% off your first month. Thanks, BetterHelp. We have some sound clips from the film The Shadow, and uh, they are here and ready for us to play. So I'm going to play them. And you guys are going to probably enjoy them, I think. Uh, here is a joke in a language I don't know. <laughs> Very funny, apparently. <laughs> Very funny. Also, the girls... Okay, this threw me a little. This thing's set in the 20s. The girls all kind of laying around him while he's telling his joke and being all leadery and whatever before he you know, gets sent back <laughs> to the States. They were all in like t-shirts and stuff. Like, yeah. It felt like the 80s in there. <laughs> yeah, that's not common for whatever decade this is supposed to be. Yeah, in, in that. that threw me yeah. off. I don't think I thought you were going to say attention. they had implants and those weren't around in the 20s. <laughs> no, right. not in the way we have them today. Those were slung around your neck and <laughs> I don't know what you used. Um, all right, Brian, I found a, this is an Ibit clip. Um, this is apparently a, oh, okay. an old prom date clip that uh, we've got here for the first time. We've never had one of these before. It's weird. Uh, I got oh. this from your mom. It's apparently what uh, you asked your date, or no, you asked your date if she wanted, if, if you could kiss her yet, okay? And this was her answer. Not yet. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Not yet. Pretty straightforward. Then I told her the uh, the ice was slippery and the sun was shining and she was all she was all in. That was the worst <laughs> that was code it. phrase. At least could have meant something or been so, obs- <laughs> or more obscure. Pick a lane. That's right. Pick a lane, stay in it. All right. You murdered a policeman. You murdered a policeman, Duke. That uh, that weird voiceover for that guy. What a weird choice, Duke. Yeah. And the guy and Duke was uh, speaking of character actors. Duke was uh, from the Breakfast Club, the uh, wow. custodian. Really? Oh, yeah. right. Also in um, uh, many things. Yeah, yes. Yes. He looked yeah. bigger well, and fatter in this, but yes, he's just a. <laughs> yes. He's that guy. And older, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah, weird. <laughs> He's gotten older somehow since '94. I don't so know how no, that worked. I don't know. I don't yeah, know it was really possible. weird. Here's here's a triumphant yell. <laughs> All right, I don't remember. I don't even know who did. Good one. I like that one. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, He's always good at that. that what, was, a, uh, what a jumble this that, is, I wrote. When you hear one of my agents say, the sun is shining, you will respond, but the ice is slippery. My gosh. Okay. Yeah. It sounds that like sounds, you just came up with that. Yeah. It's, it also sounds so much like a throwaway line from 30 Rock. Like when you, yeah. when, you're, when, you're, <laughs> right, right. when you get the audio only version. Yeah. You hear him saying lemon and then tells her that. Yeah. Uh, the sh- here's the here's your famous line. The shadow knows. It's not bad. Mm. I mean, it's a throwback. It's not, it's Question not mark. Evil lurks in the hearts of man. Um, <laughs> if you ever feed Alec Baldwin what he wants, this is what he'll sound like. Oh yes, thank you very much. Mm. <laughs> or bring him a martini. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's what it was, right? A martini. They yeah, it was like they brought him. They did two bring him two martinis. Okay, I thought I thought I saw them bring two martinis. It's, All right. little, it's little touches like that that make me love this movie. Mm, they bring right. him two when he sits down, and you think, "Oh, well, Jonathan Winter." No, Jonathan Winters has his own glass of wine. He, they're bringing. Oh. <laughs> One oh. for Lamont Cranston and one for the shadow. Yes. Oh, wow. and, and why would the waiter do that? Because he was telepathically told <laughs> to right. do that. He, yeah. He also looked like that <laughs> other Mad Men actor, the blonde guy, the waiter did. I almost wrote it down and then was going to ask him because he was a big Man Mad fan and I couldn't remember. But yeah. that guy looked like the L.A. Noir. He's also in that video game. Oh, yeah, yeah, the young kid, right. Yeah, he looked a lot like him, and I thought, is that who I have And then I, for- no, I lost track and forgot to You know, with this movie, it really could have been. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. <laughs> uh, here's, uh, okay, so Dunaway, here's our chance to throw down about music. This is a just a little selection. For the most part, the movie gets the era correct, and I think the orchestration's fine for the sort of Tim Burton-y kind of thing they're aiming for. But... Whenever there was sort of a lovey-dovey scene, you'd get this, and this is garbage. So I'll play it right here. No, not the band garbage, just actual garbage. Here you go. <laughs> Dude, nineteen eighty-eight calls. Uh, let me so, put on my Kenny G album. That's exactly <laughs> what that is. There's that is so Kenny G. Yeah, but you cannot tell me that that's appropriate for this film. It's bad. That's not appropriate no. for anything <laughs> except for love making oh, except for that one light rock station the dentist always seems to have oh yeah, yeah that's a good one. yeah that's true yeah. and i guess i guess at this point uh there because when, whenever you put a uh, non-orchestrated music in a movie right you you have to make a, a decision does it fit the setting or does it fit what the audience is used to hearing right mm-hmm. and they go well, they steered real hard on the audience is going to be yeah. used to hearing Hearing Kenny G lately. Sorry, guys. That's how it was in nineteen yeah. early nineteen nineties. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, that's that's too bad because I think the other way was the right way to go. Like, like to to make it like a swing band or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What was the height of Kenny G? Was it uh, Star Bird something Bird? Some uh, yeah. what was his big hit? That. <laughs> you can hear it, but you don't know that it's not like a song. It's like you can't like quote a lyric out of it. Right. Uh, uh, that's, 90, called, that's called Forever in Love or Songbird? Songbird is what it's called. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so Spacebird. Songbird is 90 is 86. Yeah, that's old. But yeah. But according to the search I just did, his his greatest hit mm-hmm. was Forever in Love, which is 92. Really? Bigger than that? Damn. All right. Well, <laughs> maybe that was just all it was. That thing was like uh, made for days of our lives. Every, every couple on days of our lives 
had romantic yeah. scenes to yeah. Songbird by Kenny G. He um his last album was in 2015, uh, oh. called Brazil Brazilian Nights. <laughs> and uh i assume it's got it a all bit of comes a, back around doesn't it dunaway yeah, yeah my right guess here. is my guess we is that's, that it. that album's full of sort of flamenco sounding you know saxophone actually here it, it is let me let's just here. do a taste of it here um the the bossa antigua is the number one song from the album let's see how this goes here i don't know if you guys can hear it Get that sax in there. Oh, yeah. Now, tell me you're not all going to rush to that on Spotify later and just listen to I it. I feel like there. Peking Duck. Is that something to do? Let's get in my Hyundai Elantra. The important thing to know about Kenny G is that he's mostly a head of hair. And if you... <laughs> If you want to imagine him retiring and being able to walk around in the real world in obscurity, all he had to do is shave his head. No one yeah, would ever yeah, know who that yeah. was. Well, even in 80, so he's 64 now. So he'd have been 60 or so when he made this album. And he looks 25, or at least in this album cover. He looks real good. His hair is clearly being uh, treated. But uh, if, you, if you want to have a lot of fun, go to the Wikipedia page for Kenny G. Uh, someone has gone through and started almost every sentence with his name, Kenny G. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, just, it's just really, really funny. It's mm. like uh, uh, Chuck Norris in Barron's chat, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is seriously, seriously. It's it 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 looks like Kenny G plays the Selmer Mark VI soprano. Kenny G married Dennis De Leon in 1980. Kenny G built a house in Hunts Point, Washington in that, 1996. Kenny G is an aircraft pilot and has a De Havilland Beaver. Oh, I Kenny love G, it. Like, it's unbelievable. That's it's just great. Kenny, 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 <laughs> it's, like it's a weird Al Yankovic, uh, Charles Nelson Riley song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good, good comparison. By the way, just quick stats. On 2015, on the Billboard, U.S. Billboard charts, top 200, it debuted or peak positioned at 86. Now you With might say, ah, it's not that Brazilian high. Brazilian Bossa thing? Yeah. Uh, this album, yeah. Still a lot of soccer moms out there buying Kenny G albums. And look at this. U.S. Oh, Bill, yeah. US Billboard Trying Jazz Trying to recreate albums. their patch and Kayla youth. There you go. The U.S. Billboard Jazz Albums chart, which is a separate chart. Peak position number one. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. And it says here, reviews and reception, highly uh, favorable. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. Kenny G still a threat. Is what I'm saying. Oh, he's totally a threat. Uh, oh yeah, I was doing sound files. Here's one uh, about a stimulating evening. I'm not sure I can recall an evening as stimulating. Mm, is that the word you're going to use? Okay. You had to think about it though. <laughs> that yeah. Felt what, like- what were the words he was going to use before that? Yeah. Uh, uh, what would he, what would, what else would he say? What dirty thing could he say? Uh, it also, it also kind of felt like like Alec Bald, one of Alec Baldwin's favorite words. Stimulating, stimulating. Yes, yeah. the Hyundai Elantra. There's nothing is as stimulating. stimulating as a HelloFresh order <laughs> arriving on your doorstep. Does he do HelloFresh ads? No, but oh. I, I, I just. <laughs> It feels like he's got the the commercial voice all throughout this uh, this movie. Yeah, it's kind of all he is. Um, here's my favorite thing he said in the whole thing, right here. For me, Mo. For me, Mo. For me, Mo. <laughs> I love that when he said that. The taxi driver's name is Mo. He's saying it's right. for me, but he has to say for me, Mo. For me, Mo. 
for Mimo. For Mimo. Right. So he do was, it for Mimo. Yeah, he was he was gonna do something for his nana. Yeah. I love yeah, Mimo. <laughs> I love that for whatever reason that just I laughed had to stop, laugh a little more yes. than capture it. All right. He uh we know this guy wrote Well that's right, exactly. So besides the thing is metal, which made me think it was a sarcophagus. It was Alf's dad. Yeah. yeah Alf's dad, Alf, right you there. can't do that, Alf. Yeah, Alf. Meet the cat. And then and then who was the there was a Democratic congressman or senator in the early two thousands that was just like that guy. Oh. Um, like ran for president? I'm I oh, should have oh. I should have formed that thought fully before. No, no, hold starting. on. Uh Oh, hold on. Well, that's right. Exactly. So besides, the thing is metal. Which- oh, who are we talking about? I know this too. Shit. Who ran for president? Who sounds like this? Well, that's right. Exactly. Oh. Hmm. Well, it is not coming to me at all. No, me I'm either. with Nothing. you, Randy. I feel it. All I, I can hear is Alf's family's dad. <laughs> right? Alf's family dad. Um, all right. Join me or die. Join me or die. This is, this is private property. There's Neelix at the end. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pretty nervous. So Neelix. Yeah, very Neelix. Or, you know, uh, Benson is where we think of him. Is from Benson. Originally, he was from Benson. Anyway, uh, Ian McKellen gets a... Oh, here's him talking about his condition. I get a rash from oysters. He gets a rash from oysters. Oysters. Yeah. Oysters. He's doing an English or an American accent, and it's kind of, it kind of threw me a lot. Uh Here's the bronzium. Could bronzium conceivably be used to make some sort of a weapon? I think it, I may hate that worse than than what's the one on uh, Avatar Ultimate, not Ultimatum. Um, ultimatum. Yeah, unobtainium. Unobtainium. Can we get some of it? Unobtainium nope. is the trope name. That's not what it's actually called. <laughs> oh, Avatar. well, that's what they say. No, they say that in Avatar. I, that in Avatar. I at this point believe it. No, hold on. Really? Um, they, Okay. They call uh, it unobtainium in Avatar. I'm, I'm okay. yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I'm right and maybe maybe I've forgotten it. Oh yeah, here it is right here. Here's another here, I'll play you a clip. Enjoy this clip. Parker. Oh. You know, I used to think it was benign neglect. But now I see that you're intentionally screwing me. Grace, you know I enjoy our little talks. This is a long ass clip. Yeah, it is. I yeah. need a researcher. Not some jarhead dropout. Well, actually, I thought we got lucky with him. Lucky? Yeah. Oh my How is this in any way lucky? Well, lucky you're you are, you are uh, going to mention unobtainium in your video clip about unobtainium, aren't you? <laughs> Why can't I find it? It's pissing me off. Wait, it gets more weird according to a Google search. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh huh. Is from the childrensmuseum.org. Why would they lie to me? Unobtainium is not a real element, but is a real word. Since the 1950s, engineers and scientists have used the word to describe the perfect material to solve a particular engineering problem. E- Except that it doesn't, it doesn't exist. exist. Right. Got it. Avatar refers it a real to word. it. Avatar refers to it by name. Mm-hmm. The movie features a mineral called unobtainium, although in the film, the unobtainium functions as a mineral MacGuffin, not strictly the trope. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So it it existed before the movie, but was used in the movie, and my mind is blown. Well, I knew that. I knew it was used before, but I didn't. I didn't. It sounds like what the movie's doing is using it in that way. It's, I have a weak mind. So the movie's not being literal. The movie's saying, yeah, this stuff we don't know what to call, so we're going to call it an obtainium. Right. right? Like, uh, what I mean is the story, like, like the it. characters are saying that, not the... not right. Okay. And apparently, Mad on the Cartoon Network lampooned Avatar 
by calling it stupid namium. <laughs> stupid namium. Stupid name. That's oh, hilarious. That's a Mad Magazine thing. If I ever. By the way, it. Scott, I was trying to think of Joe Lieberman earlier. Oh, that's it. That's oh, it. Oh, Joe Lieberman. That's yeah. It. Okay. Now Lieberman. I hear it. That's it. Now I hear it. Well, that's right. Exactly. Oh, I'm changing parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's him. Yeah. Well done. Well done. All right. This is catchy. Hey, that's catchy. Okay. Cool. Let's <laughs> uh, see. Oh, does. What? Oh, this is a Chinese line. He doesn't even speak Chinese. Oh, and I like this yuck. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the, the, the two guards? And by the way, we know those guys too from a million Yeah, things. we do. Yep. Even those stupid security guards that had like one line between them about hamburgers and pizza. Yeah. yeah. And we know them. Yeah. One of them's from uh, the Ferris Bueller TV show that wasn't Ferris Bueller, but the other one, Parker Lewis Can't <laughs> Parker Lose. Lewis Parker Lewis, Lewis Can't Lose. Yeah. Very good. And ER and some other stuff. Um, anyway, yeah. something about a burger. I'm not asking you to eat a burger. <laughs> and then, all right, the movie didn't revel in one-liners, but it had a doozy. So enjoy this one. Next time you get to be on top. Oh my lord, Jesus! <laughs> I hated the bad that thing so is, much. It, that whole scene made me feel like a racist because I thought he was uh, beating up. He was just beating up a henchman. But he also had a beard and a mustache, I think. And I was like, wait, that's not John Lone? <laughs> and I'm like, now I feel bad about myself. Yeah, now you're Great. like, oh, everyone looks the same to me. Shoot. Right. Great. For your defense, they really dressed everybody up to look like all a bunch of mini Genghis Khans. So don't right, feel bad. Right. Yeah. That'd be like being confused that um, Deep Roy looks like all the other Deep Roys in that. <laughs> In that movie, you know, that really point. is him, right? Yeah. <laughs> Repeated over. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. That's but not like a bunch of, of that's not just a, a race of deep deep Roy isn't a race. Deep Roy is a man. Right, he's right. A man. A, he's a man that was cloned. A very small man. All right. Here is a uh um, wee man. Ian McKellen didn't sound right to me. What is going on here? I really hate that. Yeah. Fly you I don't this. like I don't like a here? timid Ugh. I don't like a timid Ian McKellen. No, no. I, I like one that is plotting. Yeah, I like I like one that is plotting behind your back mm-hmm. to do something. This would put him, let's see, 94. So we're about six years away from Gandalf. That's a weird right. way to look at it. But yeah, he'd be Gandalf before you knew it. And before and then and then. Oh, no. Before that, it'd even be Magneto. Mm-hmm. Right. In mm-hmm. 2000. Right. So. Yep. Yeah, like his life was about to get real weird and and then started late. <laughs> like your real yeah. success starting late. I always like those stories. I like when people like hit it big when they're like 58 or 60. Because it it gives you the feeling that you could too. Yeah, yeah. It's like the yeah. thing my sister was talking about. Uh, it been on Thursday. Same idea. It's like, uh, what'd you say? The, the, best, the best age to start a new business mm-hmm. has been proven to be 47 on average. 47, yeah. Yeah. Which is a such a crazy idea, but there's like all these factors like maturity and you know other stuff. So hey, hey everybody out there, your boat still coming in, okay? Right? Yeah, I need to I need to get my business plan together. I mean, yep. if you can if you can star in a Pet Shop Boys video in the '80s and become Ian McC- that's amazing. Wait, he was in a Pet Shop Boys video? <laughs> yeah, music video for Heart performed by the Pet Shop Boys. Shut up! Really? Shut up! Yeah. I'll he bet was, you. I'll bet you. He was like a banker wearing a visor. You would be wrong. He was a vampire. Okay. Pet Shop <laughs> Boys heart. I gotta see this. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know video. that song. Um. Well, let's just play. We'll play a little of it. 
Skip ahead. Oh, that's him. He's the vampire. That is definitely a pet shop voice. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Brian, just, you just hummed a couple of bars of the essence of that band. That's yep. basically it. All right, here, here he is. I, lo- I, I love Pet Shop Boys. So I'm sorry. I got it. Oh, I, I like him too. I, I, I freaking love Pet Shop Boys. I don't Boys. like I the wish. one song everyone knows, though. West End Girls. It's us in. Am I thinking of the right song? No, you're thinking of. Uh, are you t- doing the. You, we, I've got the brains. You've got the brawn. Yeah, I hate oh. that. Let's make lots of money. money. I hate that song. It annoys uh, me. I, maybe really? everyone has a Pet Shop Boys song that they don't like. Because mine is the their cover of Always on My Mind. I don't like that song. No. I'm oh, trying to think if there's a Pet Shop Boys song I don't like. You are always on my mind. Oh, wait. No, that's a remake. That's a remake of a Willie Nelson song. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Willie Nelson song? <laughs> Originally... Um, oh, see, now I've got to look this up and I don't have my, my music library is still not, not, uh, working. Oh, you're doing your thing. Um, yeah. the original performer was, uh, let's see here. Brenda <laughs> Lee. Is that right? Brenda Lee. Oh, but that is the song. The Willie Nelson no, Gwen song. McCray, Gwen McRae. Yeah. Willie Nelson, Brenda Lee, the Pet Shop Boys. Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley of all recover it. But Gwen McRae is the first recorded version. Right. The one Randy's thinking of is this one. Um, Where are you from? Wait. I'm in high school when I hear that. Right? Yeah. That's crazy. Weird. That is such a weird feeling. All right. I can't. I, honestly, I just got chills. That's and I don't even like that song. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. That was the end of your clips. And that means. Uh, what does it mean? It means this. Let's partake in a tradition known as the film sack checklist. Like a Tim Burton fart. Check. Um, <laughs> pull up your damn mask. Check. Uh, mm. Never bring a sentient blinking dagger to a gunfight. Check. Well, true. Uh, connections. We have a bunch. And let's start with Neelix, obviously. But who else uh, is a Star Trek person in this in our Star Trek? Well, I mean, if, if you're going to start with Neelix, I was going to end with Neelix. But sure. Uh, <laughs> Ethan Ethan Phillips. Ethan Phillips wasn't just Neelix in 168 episodes of Star Trek Voyager. The people who made Star Trek stuff, they loved putting him in things. Mm. He was credited as... A maitre d' in Star Trek First Contact. He was Dr. Farrick in the Next Generation episode, Menage a Troy. Uh, They stuck him into a single episode of Enterprise. I can't believe (laughs) they got away with Menage a Troy, by the way. That's like... Yeah. That episode was all about her. It was it was a it was between well not a true three way, but it was between wasn't it Riker and Worf were competing for her hand or whatever and that was the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they never there was never a threesome with those three, as far as I know. Although one he was also, as far he was as also another uh, another Star Trek character that was a regular on Benson. Yeah, yeah. Ethan Phillips like the journeyman closer baseball player. Like, just, <laughs> he just, like seriously, they they really use this guy. He, like he is in a lot more Star Trek than like William Shatner is. Yeah. Also, um, red on airlight. But keep going. Uh, so we got to talk about Jerry Goldsmith. <laughs> did you did you mention Benson? Yeah, I did the Benson connection earlier. Yeah, it's yeah, totally fine. Uh, Jerry <laughs> Goldsmith. <laughs> so so jerry goldsmith is like one of these people who like he rivals neelix in in like his presence he's if you look at jerry goldsmith's uh credits he's been in 19 different things in the credits uh, that that have that have the word trek in the title it's it's right 
it's really impressive how, how what an impact he had on Star oh, Trek. Huge. Musically. I don't know if um, certainly musically nobody nobody compares. Right? He's the man. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but then uh, we also uh, want to return to Larry Hankin. In addition to uh, 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 everything else, like everything else that this guy's been in, and we we have a you you started a discussion on Twitter about mm-hmm. all the stuff he's been in. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on three episodes of Star Trek Voyager. He plays a character named Gaunt Gary <laughs> in Voyager, mm-hmm. and he was also on the Next Generation. He was in an episode called Cost of Living. Oh DNG. wow! Uh, most recently, people know him as Old Joe on Breaking Bad and El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie. And uh, he's on Barry as as Strovka, who's also great on Barry. You could just name anything, and you probably hit him. Like, uh, oh, I really like Mad Men. I'll bet he was in it. Yeah, he's the fake uh, Kramer on the TV show. These pretzels are making me thirsty. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't the one that that the Twitter thing was about. That was the that was the dude from Mad Men. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, different different discussion. But you're right. Um, Yeah, I still those two look so much alike to me. The young guy from. Dark Knight mm-hmm. and the old guy we're talking about. Uh, to me, they're interchangeable, or they're, or they're like father son or something. Um, they just they it's they're just, weirdly alike. But yeah, it's just funny. He was in an episode of Mad About You. He was in an episode of Married with Children. He was in an episode mm-hmm. of Seinfeld. Like it just like it just goes yeah. on and on and on. Yeah. And the guy you're talking about, uh, Scott, that uh, the henchman who's polka dot man in Suicide Squad, yeah. and that's David Dastmelchian. Yeah, his name is really weird, hard to say. Yeah. But you got it. You nailed it the first time. I tried you yesterday know, and failed miserably. I've been. I took myself off mic and workshop that for about eight minutes. That's why I missed. Uh, that's why I missed the Benson reference. Oh, okay, that makes. I was sense. practicing saying David Destmelchian Dest just Melchian. in case it came up. Yeah, he's a really interesting looking right. dude, and he he just <laughs> occupies a similar space as that actor in terms of bit, just their yeah. look and their yeah. characterization. So I wouldn't. Be, I mean, if someone told me they were related, I would believe them. I don't think they are, but. It's just one of those things. Um, and uh, if you if you uh, like to play along at home, looking at funny IMDb photos, uh, this doesn't. is the week. This is the week to look up an uh, actor who's in this movie as one of the Mongols named Nils Allen Stewart. His first mm. name is N I L S. Never heard that name before. Is Nils he the guy who's got the, a magazine cover as his? Uh, oh no, it's a different Maybe. guy. <laughs> anyway, you got to see this guy. Who has like, a magazine cover? Hold on. I love that. That's a great yeah. thing. Uh, oh, it must not be on the main. Oh, look though. at that mustache on Nils yes. Allen Stewart. Yeah. Yes. Now, oh, Woon Young Park you go, is cool. I've seen that guy in other things. Sorry. Go ahead. When you go, yeah, it's when Gerald you go Okamura, who has a magazine cover for Black Belt Magazine featuring him on the cover as his IMDb photo. That's awesome. Like, but I just want you to know out there, if you're if you're like, oh, I'm not going to look this guy up, you want to look up Nils Allen Stewart, see the picture, and then imagine Diedrich Bader from like Napoleon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Al Leong, we keep talking about him. I love his yeah. IMDb photo because it's just this close-up of him looking in your soul. Yeah. Uh, number one. Number two, dude is from, the guy was born in 52 in St. Louis, Missouri. I love that. I freaking love that. Like these guys, these Asian actors you see in everything that are just from around here. You know, yeah. if you talk to him, he'd be like, "Oh, how's it going?" Eh? Like I don't, I don't know what he'd say. That's Canadian, right. but uh, I love. <laughs> like that he guy. might be in a lot more movies that we that we know without that mustache and and uh, and mm-hmm. beard or the the little soul patch thing. Mm-hmm. But it's with that combo, he's just so recognizable in everything. Big oh, trouble, China. You got to see him now, Holy Schmidt. 
Look at this. Holy no, Schmidt. Guys, this. So there, so there's some scenes in this movie in the shadow that are a reunion for Big L- Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Like, oh, I, wow, I imagine there were a dozen actors from those two movies. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Right. He has, uh, he has aged like a cool Asian he has, badass. Yeah. I want him as my sensei. Yeah, dude. <laughs> he's different, cool looking. Different uh, culture, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a cool dude. All right. Uh Awesome connections. Soundtrack guy to give it an EL for Elfman like. It just sounded mm-hmm. like Danny Elfman doing another soundtrack. Except for the Kenny G parts. Yeah. <laughs> and see, I just I I liked this, uh, this score way overperformed. Like this score, I I want to track it down. I want to hear it again. Go for it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I saw it on Apple Music. I'm sure it's everywhere. So you can probably get it. Uh, here's uh, the Twitter post. This is where you guys sum it up in 280 characters or less. Them's the rules. But the one part I'm going to do different today is we're going to start with Randy. I wrote this days ago, and I don't know. I don't remember what I was going about. Mm. The shadow. Whose nose is evil in the hearts of men? The shadow's nose. <laughs> Look at the size of that boy's nose. I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. His head's like Sputnik. Spherical, but quite pointy in parts. Ooh, that was offsides, wasn't it? He'll be crying himself to sleep tonight on his huge pillow. <laughs> I'm not sure what to make I of that guess, accent. I guess that's that's uh, that's, that's how I married. So your I axe married murder. an axe murderer. Yeah, yeah. Head pants. He's looks Sputnik. That's so good. All right. Next up, uh, out of out of order as usual. Brian yeah. Dunaway. The shadow. I dreamed I tore the skin off my face, and I was still watching this movie to the sanctum. Oh, the sanctum. By the way, that peeling the skin off thing looked pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Not yeah. bad. I gift it, but. Yeah, that was the one part of the movie I regretted watching with my 11 year old. I was just like, oh, I'm going to give him nightmares. It was a little too real. Like, I don't know how they pulled it off. Like, there's. Pretty a, good. There you go. I just, oh, I just sent that to the wrong group. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> like, you know, said, I, I, I whatever said you that said, to my family group. Uh-oh. Oh, you said like a tearing off the face thing? Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. Just him peeling yeah, it I off. Yeah, I get his fingers all up in that business. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. And that trick oh. of like a lamp got in the way, so now you're further yeah. along, but it's really a different version of the effect. And mm-hmm. then another lamp right. got in the it's way. It's cool. It's, a, it's nice practical pretty stuff. Pretty clever there, hungry like the wolf. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> final uh, Twitter post here from Mr. Brian Ibbett. And now further proof that we don't write our Twitter posts together either. <laughs> the shadow. I dreamed I, I that one start over again. The shadow. I dreamed I tore all the skin off a Christopher Nolan Batman movie and there was a Joel Schumacher Batman movie underneath. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard anything more appropriate than that today. So well done. Sums it up pretty well. All right. Hey guys, alternate titles were almost used for this movie. Uh, it was almost called The Shadow Blows. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or Jack Donaghy's first lemon. <laughs> oh, nice. I didn't see that coming. Done, Get it? Get it? All right. Uh, an email from Michael Keaton. Just kidding. Somebody named Keaton. Um, oh, you know what? I just, uh, I'm sorry. I have to sideline for one quick second. I started watching just in the background. I like to have, I like animated stuff while I work. I don't know why. I just, it's good. And I started rewatching um, Batman Beyond, which is an amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, thing that spawned a whole comic series as well, which is also very good. But it started as this show, and Bruce Tim and all those guys that worked on Batman the Animated Series in the 90s, this is them doing this again. It's set in the future, like 2040-something. And Batman is really old, still played by Kevin Conroy, and he has to hire somebody basically to be Batman for him in this kind of cyberpunky future. 
and it's this oh, kid right. named Terry. And it's awesome. It's really good. Uh, stories are really, really awesome. Uh, anyway, there was a rumor a couple of years ago that Michael Keaton was considering coming back as old Bruce Wayne <gasps> for a Batman Beyond uh, film series that would... Im- a live action deal? Dude, I would lose my shit wow. over that. That would be awesome. Because mm. it is such a cool uh, premise, They and they nail yeah. it. I mean, you know, as good as you can nail it for 1998 or whatever it was, but... It's all on HBO Max, and I can't recommend it enough if you've never seen it. It's very good. Very, very this good. This is, yeah, this is like getting Christopher Reeve to voice uh, Superman. Yeah. Like, mm. It's like that level. That would be a big deal, like a huge deal. And people, especially now. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, I was, I was trying not to go there, Ibit. Thank you for delivering it. <laughs> I don't feel like it's a too soon situation. No. Right. <laughs> also, that fruit hung so low, you had to grab it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Involving necromancy? Okay. It's really hard now. <laughs> really hard to get Christopher Reeves to voice anything anymore. Use the mother box. You can bring them back. Oh, that's amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, Lazarus Pit. That's what you do. All right. Yeah. Uh, here's what Keaton said. Now that I can actually read this email. Filmsack at gmail.com is where he sent it. He says, hey, Sackers, have you guys seen or been recommended the movie called Iron Mask on Hulu? Not the one you've seen, but the one starring Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. In the Iron Mask. He says, this one stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jackie Chan, and Rudger Hauer. Appears to be a 2019 Chinese-Russian action-adventure fantasy movie set in the 18th century. <laughs> the poster of Arnold looking like he strayed off a British warship in 19, or 1776 was enough to convince me that you guys need to evaluate this film under further I- sackage. I just thought you were reading Mad Libs for just. Yeah, a could second. you read that? Just that that one description again. Yeah, here it is, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jackie Chan. Okay, it appears to be a 2019 film, a Chinese Russian action slash adventure slash fantasy movie set in the 18th century. There you go. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, he it's says, like the Netflix algorithm trick, right? Right. Oh, people like this and this and this. Let's come up with a movie that is all of these things. He says, I, I did a subsequent uh, viewing of the trailer, and it now has me very much hoping you guys watch this one. Thanks for the great content, guys. Keaton. So, hmm. I see no reason why we shouldn't watch this. The Iron Mask. I mean, come on. Is it? Is yeah. it English? Um, Looks like a part two of a foreign film foreign to us americans well hold on it's got to be in english right well i'm seeing it's actually called vi to journey to china is the real title apparently is what well on i'm on imdb imdb yeah it says iron mask yeah. google says vi <laughs> to journey to china action so this is probably some big freaking ten Russian. Production it's an thing. initial released in Russia, so it's a Russian film hmm. as a. Hmm. I can't find. This is riveting. I'm trying to right. find. So I'm trying to see if <laughs> language is English. Visually, English. visually, it's interesting. Oh my god! It's in, the, it's in it's in English. Stuff. It's also dubbed in Russian and Chinese, but it's in English. Okay, uh, all right. I think we want to see this. I didn't even know this happened. I didn't either. And how did this get under our radar? Jackie Chan, Rudger mm-hmm. Hauer, right before his death, I suppose. Wait, he died before 2019. How is this possible even? Did this like get made years uh, ago? Did then... he die? Before? Yeah, he did die before 2019. Um, Rudger Hauer, his, he's an ambassador in this. He died in 20... Oh, in 2019. Mm. Dude, he was cool. We were talking about final films for people. Yeah. <laughs> is it his last movie? No. His last movie is Emperor, which is still in post-production. Uh, Tonight at Noon is completed. And then something in 2020 called Break. 
Marionette and Ecstasy, and then Iron Mask. So he he dodged the bullet there. Uh, who knows what the other shit is, but uh, Iron Mask. I think we should see it. Put it on the list. Whoever's got the list up. I got it up. Stick it in there. Put it in. Just the tip. Iron Mask. Yep. Just I the always, tip. Speaking of Iron. Yeah. Well. Our list. Oh, my gosh. Right Iron Eagle's our next movie. That was a really good oh, transition. Oh, good job. <laughs> Oh, I choked on my water. Uh, yes, the Iron <laughs> Eagle. Finally, all these years later, everyone begging for it. We're going to do the the bad Top Gun uh, movie and uh, the ripoff. The lesser gun. The lesser gun. <laughs> Although some really take issue with that. They think it's a very separate, totally mm-hmm. not related thing. And I say, eh, we'll see. Anyway. Yep. And uh, we're going to watch it on Amazon Prime. Uh, this this concludes our March Max test. <laughs> we're branching back out into other services, uh, at least in the States. We're getting to see this. Uh, however, Amazon has gone and uh, compressed it. Good luck. Oh, great. Oh, God, yeah. Aim Amazon Prime. Prime. Hope they didn't abyss this. Prime April. <laughs> a, a Prime. April Prime. Nope. It doesn't work like the Prime Maximus April. Did. Yeah, it doesn't work as good. So forget mm. it. I'm going to stop trying. I'm going to stop trying to make April Prime a thing. It's quit, just not going to be. Yeah, quit trying to make such a thing. <laughs> uh, all right. Iron Eagle, that's next week. So get your um, Lou Gossett Jr. hat on. And uh, I think he's the general or something. Uh, he's something in this. And uh, that guy I don't know. And get <laughs> he ready. He appears in this film. Yeah, I've never seen Iron Eagle, so this is going to be. Oh, my God. I know I haven't either. I know. Whoa. Did I like again? Once again, I went to college in the 90s and uh, got to HBO for the first time. And it was on my I I must have seen Iron Eagle 17 times every minute of the day. I don't think I ever intentionally sat down and watched Iron Eagle. But it was always on. And weren't there like 10 of them? Like there's this is just the first one, but there were like yeah. a ton, right? This came out in 86. Right. Uh, there wasn't 10, but there was more than one. Four yeah. or five, I think. You got your Luke Gossett Jr. Six. Your, uh, mm, maybe uh, so. Jason Gedrick, David Shute. I don't know these people. I mean, David Shute. Oh, David Shute. <laughs> I do know who that is. That guy's great. We love him. We've just seen him recently. Tim Thomerson. He's cool. Uh, Tim Tom, that's a fake name. It's a real name. name. I love it. I you know this guy. There were there were only four four Iron Eagle movies. Okay. Uh, you, the third one's called Aces, and the fourth one has the best name: Iron Eagle on the Attack. Nice. Oh yeah. Um, when you see and then you Tim, have to go ah, like that. <laughs> when you see Tim Wait, you Thomerson, were saying David you'll... shoot. Did you mean David Suchet? Did I say shoot? Yes, I meant yeah, Suchet. This is the guy. Like he was the main bad guy in. An entire season of 24, I think. Yeah. And that executive decision we just saw, he was in. Oh, executive decision is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. 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 He was in uh, Perfect Murder, The Bank Job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This guy's great. He is great. I bet he plays a bad guy in this because. He's Perot or Perot? Perot. Perot? Oh, Perot. Yes. The the French French detective guy. Yeah. And then something else we saw. Oh, uh, uh, uh. the, this uh, based on the video game um, uh, that had lion people in it. Uh, what's wrong with me? Uh, space game. Altered beast. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Now, are you talking about furries Rars or something from else? Your grave. What? Say that again. You talking about furries or are you talking about something else? No, you, the, the movie. What are you talking with, about? It, the movie with. Um, oh, it's a movie. Looks at a game. No, we've done it here. It's based on a game. Um, it's based on an old space shooter game. The guy that, the basically the guy that <laughs> made Commander? The, oh, Wing Commander. Wing Commander. Oh my god! Yeah. I'm like, even I'm like, I don't know what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, he's the guy. general guy on that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that hurt to even just do that at all, right then. That hurt. 
Anyway, we'll do it. <laughs> Keaton, it's on our list. So uh, now it's your fault if we get to it. Uh, thank you for that. If you have your own recommendations and or comments, feelings, thoughts, whatever, filmsack at gmail.com is your friend. So use that email op, uh, address often and we'll read your email right here on the show. Come back next week for Iron Eagle. In the meantime, filmsack.com is our website and you can always find us on Twitter at filmsack. Leave us reviews wherever you get your podcasts because it helps us get discovered even 10 years later. So thanks for that when you do it and do it more if you haven't. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Am I in hell? We'll see you next time. And yes is the answer. <laughs> yes. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. For Mimo. Mimo. <laughs> That's my favorite. Mimo.